This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hey there, fellow conductors of the metaphysical, and welcome to the interdimensional crossword for the week of October 3rd, 2016. We've got an interesting show for you guys this week. We tried to do a commentary, uh, but what ended up happening is kind of a pseudo-commentary. This is not something that you can sync up with the movie, although you kind of can. Like, when we start talking about it, you can play it back. It's a little bit like Pink Floyd's The Wall and Wizard of Oz. It kind of matches up. Still playing with Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Behind the scenes, haven't watched those. I haven't watched those. Have you watched those? The which? The behind the scenes, the no, four no, no. featurettes, oh, yeah. and okay, and yeah, then there's I also the four that are on iTunes as well. Well, I guess it's three if you don't count the music oh, yeah, video. I and I watched two of those. Yeah, um, I, I'm curious the about four. those. I just need to. I need to have more time. That's the. So we're recording this two days after this uh, <laughs> digital release happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not enough time. Not enough. Two time. days is not enough. Not enough time. Well, and it's funny. So hi everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris and I were just talking about how we we had grand ambitions to do a commentary, and then we got this wonderful jam-packed release from the powers that be, and we just haven't had time to get through it all. Um, and it's it's funny because you know we, I feel like the 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 original two films we've had thirty some years to digest, and we've poured over behind the scenes materials, and we know all of the trivia, and we can point all of the stuff out, and we have a whole lot more to talk about with. Uh, those two films because we've had a lot more time with them whereas you know Ghostbusters answer the call we have uh, I mean it came out in July <laughs> so it's been like three months and yeah and we're still getting things. to know this movie yeah and then there's a whole host of new material to digest not even just the extras but the extended footage they put in, put in which we've never seen before yeah and, and it occurs to me you and I are sitting here going it's just come out. I haven't had time to watch it like normally, let alone extended, let alone the extras. And then my brain went, yeah, let alone watch it again with one of two commentaries that they actually right, included right. the damn thing. And that's, you know, the funny thing watching. <laughs> Who's going to listen to us, honest? Yeah, you've got you've got two other commentaries with people that are well more versed in, in speaking that's about right. this kind of stuff. And, and even like watching the extended cut, I tweeted something to Paul Feig about. Uh, you know something that shows up in the extended cut. I won't spoil anything until we actually get into it here. But um, but yeah, something that that pops up in that cut, and I said, Paul, is that uh, Colin Quinn? And then I listened to part of the commentary, and he calls out who that is, and I'm like, Oh God, I should not be asking questions. It's all here. All the answers <laughs> that we seek are here. So um, uh-huh. so yeah. So uh, so at any rate, so this is a long-winded approach for us uh, welcoming you to the show, but also saying, Hey, we uh, we promised you a commentary. We're gonna give you like a pseudo commentary this week. What we're gonna do whoa, is we're gonna, whoa, whoa. We're gonna when did talk we promise somebody? 
I, I promised last week because again we we oh, like hit the ground running and we're like we're gonna do a commentary we're gonna we're get that idiots. thing and we're gonna do it and that's my fault no it's my fault too equal blame fault. uh so so welcome to the not commentary of ghostbusters answer the call uh but it's it's gonna be pretty close to it. what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the extended version of the film because that's that's what, what both of us have watched um, we've also gotten a lot of good feedback from you guys uh, as to your thoughts on the, the theatrical versus the extended cuts, and we can talk about some of the changes, we can talk about some of the deleted scenes that changed uh, a few things up a little bit, um, but I think what we'll do is we'll do a proper commentary you know, after that Blu-ray release that comes out on October 11th, when we have had time to watch everything, when we've been able to ask questions and you know, freeze frame through this movie and really pour over it. So, um, and and I, again, I think it's a testament to what they've done here because usually, you know, if a movie does okay or fair to, to medium well in the uh, the box office, they give it, you know, like 20 minutes of bonus features and they call it a day. But here we've got three plus hours, almost four if you uh, count in all of the exclusive stuff that's been released. And uh, yeah. then the commentaries on top of that, that's another two hours each so there's another four hours that's eight hours you know we've we've hit a full day now what uh so there's a lot to get through yeah a lot of the planning and talking we did for the commentary kind of revolved around hopefully getting a look at this a little early and we didn't we got it uh day of same as everybody else which is in the middle of a work week or that's school true. week depending on yeah right <laughs> smack dab on a on a tuesday uh <laughs> Although I was at midnight, man, I was ready for that thing, uh, you know, because iTunes yeah. here usually updates. Uh, I, I, I know I'm speaking to some people that are in the UK that still haven't gotten this, and I apologize. But so, you know, on the West Coast, it updates at about 9 p.m. Pacific time. And so that's when I can start downloading stuff. And sure enough, that's when it popped up there and downloaded it and watched the gag reels immediately and then watched the rest uh, throughout the workday. Don't tell my boss. Hi, Corey, for listening. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, that was like a little more than 24 hours ago. So we haven't had, had too much time with this, this puppy, but that's all right. It's cool. Um, so here's, here's what I think we do, Chris, instead of, instead of the commentary, instead of news, let's just jump right into, uh, to chatting about this, this disc and let's, let's talk through some of the extended version stuff because, Sometimes an extended version just means here's one or two scenes. It feels like the extended version actually really altered this film uh, pr- pretty dramatically, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, uh, so let's let's start there. Let's talk about the differences, just just in a broad sense, uh, in terms of extended versus theatrical. What we think works better. What we what we doesn't. What we don't think uh, works better. Um, and then we we took a very scientific poll. Uh, that we can discuss the results of, uh, and the scientific poll had 46 people respond to it, which means that it's not very scientific, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, let's 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 start there. Uh, extended versus theatrical. What did you think after you watched that extended version, Chris? What uh, were do you like it better? Do you feel like it's a different film? Or are you still trying to absorb what you watched? How are you feeling towards this extended cut? I'm still trying to absorb. Um it's it's a lot right like so one four 20 yeah 35 minutes that's like whole movies have been have been completely altered by the changing of you know you know two 30 second scenes and like i keep thinking like blade runner where 
<laughs> they shuffle around the ending and that's, you know, 30 seconds worth of stuff and it completely alters everything you saw before it. So you're going to add 35 minutes worth of stuff. Yeah, it's, and, and the other thing too is, is that, that I'm still trying to parse it compared to the stuff that they showed us that they left uh, on the cutting room floor too, because now I'm kind of grappling with, I, you know, personally, I would have gone with that take, you know, the, yeah, sub, the subjectiveness yeah. of it is really kind of, it's messing with my head, man. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's a very interesting thing to bring up because I feel like I'm doing the exact same thing. And this, this happened to me when I worked on the second Anchorman movie because we worked on it. So we saw all of the B-roll and we saw all of the alternate jokes and takes and all of that kind of stuff. And in watching in watching that movie, when, when Anchorman 2 came out, I was like, oh, there was a much better joke there. Why didn't they use that? Or, oh, they cut out that whole part. That really was great. I don't know why they did that. And now I'm having to grapple with the exact same thing with Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, yeah, is, like, just like, as a simple example, like, so if you go into the extras and, and watch, um, so they used a, uh, like kind of a longer take of the, the wig joke. Yes, yeah. With Holtzman. Uh, which is one thing, but then if you go look at the Holtzman, um, uh, you know, jokes of plenty extra where they have like seven different takes on it, there's actually two different takes in there that don't necessarily extend it or make it longer. But personally, I actually kind of like it, the, the, like them better than yeah. what both extended and not they left in sort of thing. And I'm not saying that what actually went out is wrong. Cause again, this is all completely subjective. Um you know, stuff that just tickles me a little bit more. I'm, I, I'm actually kind of like, <laughs> so we just explained to people how we don't have time to do a commentary right now. And I'm about to tell you, part of me really wants to just sit down, digitize everything and start like kind of tweaking my own cut. Do you know oh, what I mean? Oh man. Yeah. Do your own super cut. I mean, part, yeah, I feel the same way. I want to, I want to assemble that four hour assembly cut that we've heard so much about that. Yeah. Has you've everything you've in the talked about sink. that. I think, I don't know that I'd go that far. But I think there's so much extras there. Part of me really wants to try my hand at like pick, like taking my my fa you know my favorite alternates or whatever, and just swapping them in. <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. I'm kind of wondering if in you know by this time next year there won't be the two official releases, but there might be kind of a host of slightly bespoke cuts. Of yeah, the, all of the uh, fan of the movie. cuts. Yeah, we're gonna start seeing the. Um the, the Phantom Menace uh, recuts of all of the fans' uh, versions that they prefer to the movie, or it's going to be crazy. But uh, well, Yeah. Well, the, the other thing, and this will take, you know, I'll have, oh, God, I don't even know where to be. Like I said, basically we can solve this entire episode is, oh, God, I don't know where to begin. Um, the, uh, the extra footage of Holtzman really excited a lot of the Holtzman fans, particularly... Uh, uh, fans who, uh, <laughs> even though the, you know, depending on, on the, the interview and all that, Sony didn't want it to be overt that she was, uh, she was gay. A lot of those extras like really <laughs> push it through <laughs> way more. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's a perfect example too. Like, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, a a a a relatively inexpensive piece of, of desktop software and, you know, you know, a few, a few spare hours away from somebody's, 
ideal, uh, you know, Holtzman to the max cut and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, and, and we'll get to it. Maybe if we, if we do things in sequential order, that might be the best way to do where it. Where do we start? I, we'll start at the beginning, but we're st- you brought up the Goran thing and I want to talk about that, but that's at the very end now and we're just, <laughs> we're all over the place. But, okay, let's go to the beginning. So let's go to the beginning. But before we do that, I want to, so that, that poll that I mentioned a little bit earlier, we did a poll on Twitter, 46 people answered, so take this with a grain of salt, but 80% of those people that did answer now prefer the extended version to the theatrical version. Again, it's not scientific. It's just pushing a button, and we don't know exact reasons why people uh, are are sparking to the extended version a little bit more. Um, I I feel, in my own personal opinion, that I like certain things from the extended version. I like certain things from the theatrical version better, which we'll talk about when we kind of do this sequentially. There's there's jokes where they used alternate lines where I go, oh man, actually, I kind of really got used to the theatrical version, and I miss that line now. Um, so it's it's going to be really tough. I'm going to end up having to watch different versions of the movie multiple times in order to get the the exact same uh, feeling that I had when I saw it in the theaters, which is kind of funny. I like the extended version, but I also like certain feelings of the the theatrical. It's like I I like going to In and Out for the burger, but I want to go to McDonald's for the fries. It's kind of that weird sort of thing there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. And then when you add on the additional hour and a half of the alternate scenes that. I mean, there's alternate endings in there. There's alternate um, things that drive the story in a totally different direction. And then, like you said, I look at that and I go, oh, my God, why didn't they do that? Which that's that's the other one that I'm really anxious to talk to you about is there's a very there's a very skillful edit that happened in the, the theatrical version that sort of cuts around an alternate ending that they sort of then reshot. And they, it's we'll get to that. I just I don't even know where to begin with that one. So. So let's start at the beginning of the film. That's the easiest place, and then we can kind of make this a little more digestible. But uh, right out of the title card in the extended scene, we get Aaron's boyfriend, who was completely cut out of the theatrical version of the film. Um, And, you know, we kind of get a sense that he's maybe sort of humoring her. I don't really get the feeling that he's all that into her. I don't even think that they are dating. Maybe they're dating in her mind, and... He's just sort of there because he's a colleague. I don't know. There's there's sort of a weird tension there that they're not exactly romantic and not exactly connected. Um, but then Elizabeth Perkins pops up in that exact same scene who, I mean, it's Elizabeth Perkins. It's crazy that she was completely cut out of the film. Um, and I remember, I don't know, it was probably right when production started, Chris, that she popped up on IMDb. And I think she was just credited as like doctor or scientist or something like that. Um and that has since disappeared from IMDb, by the way. But, you know, Elizabeth Perkins, who's been in Big and Flintstones and 10 million other movies that you probably know and love, uh, c- totally cut out of this movie. So uh, how do you feel coming out of this credit? You know, we, we see all of the stuff at the beginning uh, with Zach Woods and we go into the title card. And then instead of that, um, the lecture hall scene, we now go into this completely different opening to the film what what did this change for you chris did you spark to this did you like this um boy i'm neutral on it i don't know if that makes any sense i'm interested to see it but actually i kind of regarded it as a um by taking it out it tightens up the movie in a way that I kind of appreciate better. Yeah. If that makes any yeah. sense. You lose for, a little and, bit of energy for, here. Yeah. For a lot of what we're about to talk about, my, the stuff that I'm 
more interested in is alternates. Although I agree with you, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, I kind of like the original. I, I, stuff that kind of gives a vague, uh, you know, alternate sort of thing is uh, uh, preferable to this stuff where stuff's put back in and I don't know that it kind of needed to be there. Like, the, it, how do I put this? This, th th these scenes here, and it, it kind of, it ends up dotted throughout the, the movie a bit more. Like his, uh, by adding him back in, it's kind of the the much longer version of like the Janine uh, hugging Egon and giving her one of her lucky pennies, right, that sort of thing. Like, right, right. It's 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 one thing for her to be kind of interested in flirting with them. It just the extra piece at the end. It's like drains away this whole idea of the four of them need to go save the day and it's really all focused on Peter saving Dana. And it's the same thing here where it's just kind of like, it's supposed to be about the four of them coming together and saving the day and as you know, and kind of, uh, you know, taking care of their, their special needs secretary, Kevin. <laughs> and, um, by putting in this relationship thing, it's like, it just sort of unfocuses what I did like about the theatrical cut, yeah. which is about the team coming together, going to save Kevin, um, and really kind of about the relationship between the team itself, uh, particularly uh, Abby and uh, Aaron coming back together, you know, this, this platonic uh, friendship thing going on uh, in terms of relationship. And, God bless him for a lot of these, you know, the extras and the extended stuff too. I'll, this is the flip side. There's, there's a lot of emotion that got like some real deep oh, stuff yeah, yeah. that got cut out of the theatrical that I'm like, why wasn't that in there? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. That, that, is, that is super awesomely powerful. Put that back in. But, um, but yeah, no, for, in this case I'm kind of neutral because I like seeing what they shot. I liked what they had in mind for it and I like contrasting it to what actually went out. But in this particular instance, I'm like, no. If you said, if somebody said, leave it or not, I'm nah, take it out. Like, yeah. I just, and I and I love him too. Like, I mean, I loved him on in weeds and stuff like that. I I was kind of like, hey, hey it's him, hooray! <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, um, it's I mean, it's it's you. You mentioned that it sort of takes a little bit of the energy out of you know you you see all of this stuff with Garrett being attacked at the beginning of the movie, and you're like in it and you're ready to go, and then you get to this scene that's very sort of dialogue driven and and very. Bright breathy but um yeah it's it's fun like the extended version really lets the movie breathe quite a bit i mean it it's edited just in a totally different it's not a big summer blockbuster it's there's time for jokes to breathe and they sort of hold on cuts just that one or two beats longer where you know a normal editor would say like okay we're going to cut away now and then all right we're out there and then we're out there they give it like a, a, a moment or two to sort of just let things play out and breathe and um, yeah. I, I, the only, I mean, I, I would sort of have cut this out as well, but the one argument against that I would have is that the, one of the biggest critiques that I heard of the film is that the individual characters themselves don't get a whole lot of development and you don't get to know them quite as much as you did, uh, the original four characters in the original film, at least in this and combined with like the alternate scenes where you see Aaron walking into the building and she's saying hello to everybody and they're kind of brushing her off is like, you, you feel sorry for Aaron. Aaron is still an outsider. She's still an outcast. She's at this university where nobody gives a shit about her. Um, even her own boyfriend is sort of blasé about the fact that, that she's present in the room. So you really get the sense that she's trying to fit in with this group, but just isn't. She's not dressed right. She's not talking right. She's not 
equipped adequately to talk to them. Um, she's excited about being in the big hall and they're kind of like, whatever, I got a Nobel peace prize. You know, they're, they're just like, she's completely foreign to them. Um, which I think that this is, if this were combined with her walking across the campus and entering the door and pushing when she needed to pull the door and it's a lot, it's so many beats, but it really would have effectively had us understand who Aaron was much in the way that you understood who, Peter Vankman was just from that first scene of him interrogating the two co-eds with the electronic, uh, you know, the, the buzzer, um, like that Zenner yeah. test really gives you an idea that, you know, Peter Vankman is, uh, is, is kind of a con man. He's kind of a, he's kind of, kind of a perv, you know, he's kind of a ladies man and he doesn't give a shit about the science. He's, you know, all about getting a date. And you really got that from, from that first scene. So I, I feel like that's what they were going for. And that kind of just ended up on the cutting room floor. I, yeah, I, I see what you, what you say you're saying there. And I, and I, uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Especially since that, uh, clip of her, uh, pushing when she should pull the door and all that was something that was in the trailer. Right. That yeah. never made it into the theatrical. And I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't there. Cause you know, who, who doesn't love a, not, not being able to work a door right, uh, gag, uh, I don't know. I kind of disagree that they weren't as developed as much as the original four. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, we see the thing is, is it, argh, this is what I hate about it is like when you stop and remember the original movie, you're right. They introduced us to, to Vankman pretty heavy, but only in that he's, you know what I mean? He's developed to the point that he's a, a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a con man, uh, ladies man sort of thing. Um, a bit skeevy, let's be honest here. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But the other three, not so much, really. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, but just by straight-up comparison, it's mentioned that they went to university together, right? We get a sense that they've been getting together for a while because there's a throwaway couple of lines that says, you know, um, you never studied. Uh, this reminds me of the time you tried to... You know what I mean? Like, these little references to they've been hanging out together for quite some time. Yeah, you get a sense of past, yeah. Nowhere near as talking about, uh, you know, uh, hey, we met in school and you were awesome. You were awesome too. And then we did this thing together. And how did you, you know, like (laughs) we we get buckets more development on two of the characters than. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that. Again, and I'm I'm not arguing that side because I did feel in the theatrical version. Yes, you were. You. You're going to sit on that side and you're going to... All right, fine. Anyways, for, the sake, um, for the sake of good broadcasting, I will. But, <laughs> but no, I mean... But, I, I, but here, again, this is what drives... I'm just like, I gotta. I want to sit down with my laptop because I don't necessarily want uh, the boyfriend back in, but I would like to see that walking across campus put back right. in. Yeah, <laughs> And I exactly. think that could go back in and add a little bit more than just cutting in. Yeah, I don't... Well, right, well, can so we speaking- just stop right now and I can go start just, editing yeah please. just cut your own version of the movie we'll do that instead of, <laughs> instead of the commentary <laughs> um well but okay so speaking of things that you would rather change and and insert into your own version uh we we get sure. immediately into something that i liked in the theatrical and i'm not so crazy about in the extended cut uh when she goes to the kenneth higgins institute and she we our first introduction to holtzman so effective in the theatrical version in my opinion that line, the dialogue, everything in there was just so much, it was so snappy and it was great. It was perfect. And it was the great, it's what resonated with everybody. That's what everybody started talking about. Holtzman, such a wonderful character. I love her. 
I feel like this new version changes something. It changes the dynamic and the lines are different. And I don't know, especially after watching the Holtzman gone wild, uh, where you see all of the different lines that she has for that first, you know, uh, you know, uh, just the stuff that's coming off of the top of her head to break the ice with Aaron. There were so many options, so many versions. And the one that they landed on in the theatrical version, I think I liked better. Uh, the one that's in the extended, I just didn't really, I don't, maybe again, cause I was sort of half watching it. I just didn't, it didn't really pop for me. And unfortunately we're not watching right now. So I can't remember what the exact line they put in right, uh, into, into the dialogue was, but it just, it felt, it felt different. Did you get that feeling too? Yeah. And this is kind of the, going back to what we we're talking about, before, you know, when you first asked me, is like, this is kind of what my brain is trying to grope around with right now. Right. What is what is because I got used to what I saw in the theater and like it versus um, it's legitimately subjectively. I prefer what was in the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a difference between subjectively liking or disliking something more or less versus uh, the, what we saw in theater was okay. And I'm used to it. You know what I mean? Like it's like two things are at war, both, you know, like my nose for, personal knows for what's funny what's not funny comedy wise versus well god you like me and so a lot of other people we went and saw it multiple times right yeah <laughs> it's yeah. it's burned into our brain as that way yeah you got um, to know a hit song one way and then you went to hear it live and they played it differently and you go oh, oh what was that well, right. it's fun. we talked about that before right the the the, the remastering of the ray parker jr one it's so subtle but after hearing the original for so long over the last three decades, the the re, re, re-record, remaster, whatever you want to call it, was spot on until it got to the end. And even and then instantly our brains went, that's not that's the different. original. Yeah, something that's here is different. not the same. Yeah. One of these things is not like the other. So I, and like I said, it's going to take ages of just sort of chewing yeah. this over to decide whether is it just because I'm used to it and I liked what was there and I don't like, you know, we're resistant to change, in, you know, patterns that we've established in our brain or is it, is it legitimately that was the better line? And if yeah. that's the case, why did they use this one? Like, why was did it this, just yeah, why did this become the extended version? Well, just it's, it's for like the, sake of, the, the Pringles yeah. joke. That's the one to me as well, where I was like, you try saying no to these salty parabolas. I love that. And maybe I'm just used to that. But once once we get to that Aldridge Mansion scene and she says, once you pop, I'm like, oh, oh I, I missed I missed the other line. I mean, I, I, I like once you pop. Like, that's funny. But it's just not – I can't put that on a T-shirt. It's already on T-shirts. <laughs> you know, it's, that's the Pringles line. They've already got that. Well, yeah, it's their slogan. And I, I, that's the kind of thing that, again, it's – when they put it out in the theater, I can honestly see sitting in the bay going, that's too on the nose because that's the slogan. All she did is make a reference to the slogan. Yeah. That one was, you know, cut from whole cloth. That one's funny. Go with that. And parabola, funny word. All the, all the little rules of comedy. It's like, that's technically the funnier one. Go with that. So it's kind of like, why is it back in here? Yeah. I mean, for all we know, who's like, yeah. Yes, you can use our Pringles in your movie. Just don't forget to use the uh, the slogan. <laughs> and they're like, we didn't yeah. use it in the theatrical guide, but it'll be on the home video. But it'll we be swear. on the home video. Yeah, maybe that it was contractual. Uh, it was one of those legalities <laughs> that they had to do. But uh, oh, I've, God. I well, hope that's not the case. You know what's funny is I've I've heard through the grapevine that the extended uh, cut that's on. How much longer will you be mine? Sorry. Oh, oh. 
buddy. It's all right. No, don't worry about this. <laughs> What's scaring uh, me is it literally took a full three seconds before my karaoke brain kicked in on that one. <laughs> oh God, long Whoa. week. Anyways, long week. You need you need a Friday night at the karaoke bar. Uh, I, I need but, some Pringles. No, so I've uh, I've heard through the grapevine that uh, this extended cut is what was tested for audiences before the film's release as well. This is this is uh, oh. the version that test audiences saw. Um, so I'm almost wondering too if that was if if the theatrical version was a response to uh, Paul Feig or somebody sitting in the audience and not hearing a laugh where they really wanted a big laugh there, and they said, "Well, all right, let's try a different line in there and see what it does." and and maybe well, that's me, why it changed. Let me interject for a second here, because this is fully in your wheelhouse and nowhere near mine. In the old days, it used to be throw people in the theater, they'd watch it, uh, possibly execs and or the filmmakers are there to listen live to people's reactions. Uh, Ivan Reitman, for example, notably um, referring to you, you couldn't hear the the follow-up jokes after the first, yeah. uh, the library ghost scare because people were just, you know, falling all over themselves with, you know, fright laughter and all that about being scared by or something. So there's that. But then when everybody left, they had their, here, would you mind filling out this little card? Blah, 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 blah. And then they go through and read. Am, am I imagining it? Is it like this, is this like Skittle brew? Like that I just <laughs> dreamt it? Or do theater, like do these test screenings now sometimes have like the live, Politico meter or whatever, where you're like, I like it, I don't like it, and then you get the little graph of yeah. per minute re- positivity, negativity. That that is I still, dreamt it, didn't I? No, they they do that. They don't do it as often. They still do the old school, tried and true way. You know, they they send out invites. A lot of these people, they they're solicited for come see a comedy starring these people. They don't tell you what movie it is. And a lot of times, again, now that the internet is out, everybody can surmise what the everybody movie knows is. exactly so, what it is. Um, but other times what they'll do is, uh, you know, come like, see this movie with Elizabeth Perkins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll, <laughs> they'll do that. They'll put in some of the B characters or they'll completely misdirect people. You know, they'll say, come see uh, jump the shark starring uh, Henry Winkler. And it's, it's totally just made up and Greeked out. But um, but so th- they'll do that multiple times in multiple areas, depending on what the focus groups and, and audiences they want to test are. And then they will, they'll hand out the cards still, the cards with the number two pencils. And it, it's Boy. the same cards. Uh, if you have that Ghostbusters visual history guide, it's very similar. It's like, so on a scale of one to 10, how much did you like this character? Peter Venkman? Remember he was the funny one. Uh, how much did you like, uh, Egon Spangler? Remember he was the nerdy one, you know, that they, they really they guy do with it. glasses. Guy with glasses. That's what it was. Fella that showed up halfway through. <laughs> um, so they they still they do that, and then oftentimes they are they're filming now. Uh, they have night vision cameras uh, that they will film yes. the audience so that they're watching when people start shifting <laughs> in their seats or when they start checking their phones or when they get up to, to go make to the sure bathroom. people aren't faking the laughter. Like what is what is this all? This it's, is very high tech. It's all very. It's actually kind of. Um, it's it's a little voyeuristic. It's very they they want to see they literally want to see people's reactions, especially with scary movies. You'll actually see them use it in marketing because you also sign a waiver by yes. showing up. Um, so I've seen when you that see, in a couple places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So those those green night vision cameras they end up using those. But um, so 
they will do on the studio lot with smaller groups. They will do the like the Politico. Uh, turn this knob in the green when you're interested. Turn it to the red when you're super bored and you don't give a shit about anything. Um, <laughs> and they, they will do that. And then they have the running, uh, you know, the the chart like the. Yeah. Um, that shows the peaks and the valleys as to when they uh, when they were interested and when they tuned out and that kind of thing. So, you know, again, it, it could be a variety of different things. It could just be it could have been a studio note too that said, God, "We need a joke here. We need something. It's a lot of seriousness." Yeah. Um, so, well, that would be that knows? that phenomena. Uh, a couple of people have talked about Pat and Alice, so I'll talked about it where they bring you in. <laughs> Especially on animation and go, we need a joke here, but we can't change anything. So can you make something where somebody's just <laughs> yelling off screen? Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, mm, sure. Yeah. Can we paint yeah. a puppy in the background? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so Eesh. yeah, so the the Pringles joke, okay. there's a few of those like, and we'll yeah. get there. Well, actually, okay. So there's two, there's two deleted scenes before we get to another one of those lines. So let's talk about those. There was... Um, Aaron, her extended firing, there's that whole, she gets fired, uh, by Charles dance. She walks through the hallways. She's got the plant in the box, uh, which that's, that's one joke that I did like the ad. She's like, uh, I'm not fired even though I got the old plant in the box, you know, that kind of like just calling out the trope of the movie. Like I've got a loaf of bread in my grocery bag. I just got back from the grocery store kind of thing. Yeah. Compared to the slightly weirder cats in the walls joke. yeah the cats in the wall and then you know her boyfriend shows up again and and is ignoring her I, again he ignored her at the beginning of the movie so i don't know why this is quite surprising to her all that much but um i also think <laughs> i think daniel ramis shows up in this extended scene there's there's two people that are standing she walks through a doorway there's a girl wearing a backpack and there's uh, a, a kid that's in like a blue button down shirt and i think that's uh, Harold Ramis's son Daniel, who shows up later in the movie, I think that's him as well, just not with his Beasts of Mayhem Aussie Rules gear on. Um, right. But that's that's one again. I have to freeze frame through and see if that's actually him. Um, <laughs> that's all right. I stopped about eight times to to stare at blurry men in suits in the background, wondering if <laughs> Paul Feig had cut one of his cameos. Oh my God. Well, oh oh, he does. Uh, we can get to that too. Uh, he's in. You haven't gotten to it yet, what? probably. He's he's uh, in something else. I don't. I, I I almost don't want to tell you now because you haven't seen it. But he shows up again. He does his Hitchcock somewhere else. Uh, dang it! Yeah. So fig fig. Uh, all right. So she she goes into the lab. Uh, there's the whole ghost bomb joke, which um, solid. I, I, Solid joke. Solid joke. Really wish that they, like, again, emphasizing the danger of everything. There was that one Holtzman line that got cut where she's like, who has the power to destroy the whole world? Me! You know? (laughs) Like, just how reckless these characters are. I love the bomb thing. I wish they would have kept that. If the world blows up, that's my fault. (laughs) That's my fault. That's what it is. Yeah. That's so good. So good. I'm responsible for all the dangerous machines. <laughs> um, so I, th- that's one that I wish I'm, I'm glad is, is in the extended cut. I wish it would have been in the theatrical. Mm. Uh, but then, all right. So then they go, uh, they go hunting for a new place after they get kicked out of the Higgins uh, Institute. Uh, and there's a couple alternate lines in there. We lose one of the references to the original film. Burn in Hell has disappeared and is replaced by something that i can't say to get an explicit uh tag on here well i'll say it she says fuck you uh okay stop right there mister now here's the thing when we saw it 
originally at the premiere. I walked out of there thinking that was the line. No, and no, then, she said burn in hell. At the, at the one we saw in yeah. LA at the premiere? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. You'd swear to that on a stack of Bibles? I would swear to it on a stack of Bibles. You don't, think, you, you don't think your brain's did rewiring backwards? Did you see backwards? Slimer fly past the Statue of Liberty when you saw Ghostbusters 2 as well? No, but I did okay. see Eugene Levy. So, you did? Get yes, out of my, here. My cut of Ghostbusters 2 on oh opening my God. day had Eugene Levy in it. <laughs> see, it exists. That footage is out there, Sony. Come well, on. again, I could be completely crazy because that was the tail end of the we can still generate the... Uh, the Star Wars holiday special effect. <laughs> no, I swear to you, I saw it. I, I have it on home video. He's not there. I know, but I know it's he's not there on my own video either. But I swear to you. <laughs> so, um, wait, so you you don't remember Burn in Hell the first time you saw it? No, I I thought huh. I thought it was the F bomb. I thought it was their one uh, you know uh, ratings okayed F bomb. Oh no! And and then when I went into the uh, and I actually walked around talking to people about yeah this is a great bit where she was ha ah. and then I went and saw it like the back home went and saw it again in the theaters and I'm like huh I guess I had the line wrong oh, and then really? again in these and now I'm like sitting there going great I got a mystery on my hand to the ah. mystery machine now I I would I would swear on the stack of Bibles that she said burn in hell that that night because that's one of Kelly's go-to sayings before we saw the movie and she <laughs> got a big laugh out of her because she loves okay you know, she loves to no, no, burn fine. in hell. I, like I said I, I trust you I actually in this case I'm I'm, I'm probably 95 percent sure more likely I just misremember you know I'm the one misremember misremembering mm. not you guys but trust me when the well, alternate showed up I it was if I had been drinking a drink I would have had a spit take. <laughs> but <laughs> I I prefer what? I prefer the burn in hell I'm not gonna lie to you I mean I enjoy a good f bomb I enjoy you know uh, a good f off uh, joke uh, but but yeah well, part of I my, like, my part like of my brain hell. insists that's what it ah. yeah. Because it's it's just so reactionary the way she says it, and of course because it has the ties to the original film, I I prefer that. But you know, again, it's it's a matter of preference. It's not a matter of is it crucial no. or integral to the the cut. Uh, is it because I'm used to it? Yeah, probably. If it would have been you know the fuck you at the beginning uh, from, <laughs> that one's from a, day one, yeah. it would have been fine. Um, it's fifty so. fifty for me because on the one hand, yes, good reference joke. Uh, compared to uh, the one-off perfect use of an f bomb, yeah, and I actually, yeah. I, I, I think, I think the f word is really funny when applied correctly. <laughs> so, so either way, I'm like, you know, rock solid. And unfortunately, it just means no good way to choose between one yeah, or the other. Exactly. I guess if you had, at the end of the day, okay, you, let's pretend you have a gun to my head, American. That's uh, what I do. Apparently, I'd go with I'd go with the burn in hell because. You're watching a Ghostbusters movie. A throwback to the original Ghostbusters is worth more than just, you know, there's nothing Ghostbustery about the F bar. Yeah, not really. And but it, it again, it, it's both. Both of them are adequate in telling the story and doing what they yeah. need to do in that that instance. So it's they both they both work exactly. The, they serve yeah. the exact same function. So could could go either way. When you're cutting your own version of the movie, pick your choice, and everything will be. I'm sure I've, I, I haven't watched the other be, line around this, but there out. might be four other options in there. We might like one of the other four better. Oh, that's I don't true. Know. That uh, is true. Uh, you know, she might uh, tell her to hose off or something. There might be a strange brew reference in there. Be like, oh, that would have been so much better. I should have done that. Uh, so yeah. So uh, well, anyway. I just I just learned today that there's somebody in visual effects hit a Rick Moranis 
joke in there somewhere. So now we got to go oh. find it. Well, that's that's again. We'll talk about that later. But the the yeah. cameo that was originally slated for Mr. Moranis, uh, really really enjoyed that. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, so let's see. Uh, there's a couple things. There's the rhythm of the night section felt a little different to me. Um, but that that wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, Kevin's intro. So now, having seen all of the deleted scenes and stuff, there was 14 minutes of that uh, interest. <laughs> that whole interview, they cut okay. like a 15-minute version of it. That's yeah. That makes me think then that a lot of what we're seeing here, like where we're, it's about no. I'm about to I'm about to call it something, and it sounds really backhanded, and that's only because I'm tired and I can't think of a better way to put. It. But it feels like uh, stunting. It it feels like it's 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 not necessarily there that nobody nobody in their right mind can say yeah and we took that interview that was like four minutes long and we made it fifteen minutes long <laughs> yeah. and nobody and nobody will then go and that makes the movie better no no <laughs> like, no 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 there's no way in hell anybody can argue that's literally just about putting it and then the question becomes why is it all there why isn't it just an extra. You know why? Why is it just something we see? Why did it have to be part of this extended cut? Well, the fifth, the fifteen minutes isn't part of the fifteen minutes. Is that alternate? I think I think the title of the extended scene is even the longest job interview ever. Like they even call out that it's too too long for television. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it is. It's longer in this extended cut though, right? Like it's there's a lot more room to breathe in here. There's there's the ghost tits joke, which I've I've seen a lot of people talking about. <laughs> Uh, I, that I enjoyed popular. that. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, it may be going back to that four hour assembly cut where, uh, where they're all sitting in the edit bay and they go, well, shit, we have Kevin's introduction here and it's a half hour long guys. We can't do this. Like out of the movie theater. And so they had to find a way to cut it down. That, yeah. Like there's no way that was part of the four hours. Was it? I guess it was. I'm like, well, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that what what the editorial team did is they sat down with the dailies and they just assembled all the best stuff that they thought would work in the film. Um, yeah, and did did the editor's cut of the film, and then Paul Feig sat down and was like, "Oh no no no, we did this line; it was much better. Cut that in, or oh god, that didn't work. Chop that out." And we, I think that's saw... when they got to the four <clears throat> hours. But yeah, well, we've seen behind the curtain a little bit though, where they they enter the scene and they just riff and riff and riff. And they'll trip over lines, and they'll you know they'll 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 uh, giggle and stuff like that. So they yeah. have to. So in order to have, if if that longest interview ever is part of that massive uh, cut you're talking about, somebody still had to go in and clean it all up. Like yeah, well, and and they know. didn't. They weren't able to. There's even an instance in that 15 minute longest interview ever where Kate McKinnon breaks character and she starts laughing and you can hear it off camera. They're trying to, to kill her mic as much as they can, but you can still yeah. pick it up. And so I think it's, I think it's at the moment when Kevin reaches up and rubs his eye through the glasses that got Kate McKinnon, because I think that was the first moment that it was done. So you can see her like Saturday night live style covering her face, trying not to laugh. And you hear the, <laughs> you know, in the background, <laughs> Uh, so I, I mean, again, it's it's th this was assembled specifically for the DVD, so they they probably didn't try too hard to clean it up, and they probably no. just said, let's throw everything in the kitchen sink in there. Yeah, but. there's a few that some of it got like real early, 
uh, effects passes and stuff like that. Yeah. Again, all, all kind of fascinating to, to see. Too, yeah, right? great great to see. And, and there were a few jokes in that longest interview ever that I, I wish would have stayed. But um, and, and he does the fish. Fave? Well, he does the fish tank thing uh, where he he tries to reach for the phone and he says, well, how can I answer the phone if it's in the fish tank? And uh, the response is like, well, uh, I don't know. We haven't really thought about that. And then they talk about it being a painting. They talk about the phone in the fish tank for about 30, 35 seconds. <laughs> and it's, it's fantastic. It's great. It works really well. But um, And then he goes up and there's like loose wires on the, the wall and he electrocutes himself. You know, there's a whole lot of Kevin just rummaging through the office and doing stupid stuff. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, it, some of it works, some of it doesn't. And it's, it's good to, again, to see all of it. There's a lot of times there's, we're seeing their dirty laundry. There's a lot of times that a director would be like, Oh God, no, we're not going to show everybody that stuff. That's why it's on the cutting room floor. But we get to see everything. I mean, literally probably everything uh, aside from watching the raw camera dailies here. So, um, I would argue I have no real academic, uh, 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 ooh, I have no real academic, uh, boy, what am I trying to say here? It's a, it's a thought that just popped out of my head. So I haven't really thought out how to, to really argue the point. But if, if I had to guess, I think that's because, uh, uh, you know, Feig and the rest of them are coming out of, you know, the, the, I sort of say more recent, I guess, how long has it been around? It doesn't matter. The more, the more modern, uh, improv, uh, approach to to film comedy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Improvers, just let the camera run. Yeah, let the camera no run. Film. But but the point is, they'll never be embarrassed by the stuff that that didn't quite work because their original training is standing up on stage and trying random stuff, and it's not all going to work, right? Yeah, Do you know oh, what I mean. Yeah. So if if your training includes getting up on stage and screwing it up, you'll never be embarrassed by anything you commit to film. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. Well, it's, it's a lot like stand-up comedians who go to smaller rooms and they try out new material first before they go play at the improv, you know, it, it yeah. you're, they are showing some of that material that may not work to an audience, but at least it's a limited audience. And this same, same thing. I mean, the, the audience that's going to sit and watch an hour and a half of deleted scenes is very limited, I would imagine. So, um, you know, uh, it, but it's again, there, it's there, it's there to watch. Um, same, I mean. So like even moving through the film, Sparky, there's a few more lines in there. There's a little more room to breathe. There's the deleted scene with Rowan and Mrs. Potter. That that came out of left field to me, uh, and I liked it. I really liked it. I wish that it would have you know been in the theatrical version because again, you're seeing Rowan kind of just being a a weird, creepy guy. We also get a little more backstory with the Mercado that it's this place that people go to and they have a terrible experience. They leave a one star review on Yelp because it's haunted and they end up having crazy stuff happen to them. Um, yeah. If there's one place where a little bit more backstory can only help overall, it's a little bit more on Rowan and a little... the Mercado, not so much, although that's actually kind of cool. Anything that kind of, oh boy, again, to just cause it's easy to draw parallels to the first movie. Not, they're not, who cares? I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to defend it. The The first movie uh, spent a lot of time talking about why Dana and Lewis's apartment was going to be the center of this weird activity. Do you know what I mean? It's like they yeah. talked about yeah, Shandor, the they talked about his construction, all this. I mean, they didn't go on and on and on, but they gave it a history 
and you know really grounded it in why this is the what we saw in the theatrical cut until we get to the end where they're like oh and this is right in the middle of all this weirdness that's literally even then it was just like oh it's just part of part of a a, a a geographic layout like yeah. sort of part of a geometry whereas that stuff again gave it that that shandorish back shandorish shandor-esque backstory Shandor-esque. yeah uh well, backstory and- of it's always had this history and it's weird and it's it's exactly why he's there right yeah. it's not yeah. it's not just random ley line you know if if things had been a little different it would have been a block and a half over or something like that no the building itself has been exhibiting this for ages. Oh, and that's the other thing. Patty kind of filled it in in the theatrical cut where she talks about that place has always been weird going back to, you know, there wasn't even a building <laughs> and the Indians and the, you know, right, all this sort of thing. Right. It's kind of like, that's, I mean, it's great, but that's a lot of condensed exposition to explain why this last yeah. point on a map yeah, is why really, he's there. Like, like Patty really sort of Columbo's it in the, in the theatrical version where it's like, yeah. Oh, that's the Mercado hotel. And she goes, bing. Yeah. That place used to be a, I mean, I know that Patty is the, the historical representative of New York city. She knows the city inside and out, but if we would have had just a few breadcrumbs leading up to that, even even that joke that she has, I can't remember now if it's in the deleted scene or not because it's all sort of molding together now in my head. But she has <laughs> she's reading the Yelp reviews I and knew the this woman. Would yeah, it's it's it happened like, to me already. So I, I don't remember you go for which it, man. part it's in. But she she's reading the Yelp review and she says that the woman, uh, her boy, she went to bed with a boyfriend and woke up and he was gone the next morning. She goes, "Oh, honey, that's just a booty call." You know that joke. That yeah. joke was great. Um, but it's just a little. Break breadcrumb that that sort of eases you into her understanding that the building is is has this historical value or whatever first first movie reitman put in a bit of a ramp up because we see the cab pull up to the apartment we see a gargoyle head yeah it's unsettling to begin with yeah and then a little bit later we get to see the the terror dog gargoyles on the roof in the lightning and then leading up to the you know the weird stuff happening inside leading up to the rooftop transformation you know uh or the the terror dog crumbling then the transfer you know what i mean like there's this is yeah. and then in the middle of it they're like oh yeah shandor and the temple and the construction there's kind of a ramp up that the the, the place where the final fight's going to happen there's something's developing there where in this one part of it is because they spread that developing out to all the different points. But like yeah. I said, I do like anything that kind of makes the Mercado more of, explains why it's the final focal point. Like at the end of the day, it's kind of like, so how come he's not the tour guide at the mansion? Yeah. Why didn't we start <laughs> you know there? I, yeah, exactly. If it was just powering up the points. But he come? knew that the ley lines intersected there and he knew that it had all this historical, again, yeah, it would have helped sort of with Rowan's backstory, I feel, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just but, grounded in it a, a tad more. It, yeah. it, it, it's okay. I mean, it. it I, think, I think what we're starting to see when we get to see some of this extra stuff too is we see some hard choices were made to get it to the, the more typical comedy uh, what's the original? Like a little over an hour yeah, and a half. It's, it's yeah, it's like at that that ninety minute sweet spot uh, somewhere in that's there. A, that's a but, total eighties yeah. comedy sweet spot. And this one, yeah, one forty, one yeah, a little over one forty. Like so it's I think it's two thirteen. It's yeah, it's it's huge. no no the extended, but I mean the theatrical cut. Oh yeah, the theatrical cut is like one for. It's yeah, just a fun. little past that yeah. sweet spot, and I think to get there, yeah, there were some real hard cuts made, sort of thing. 
Well, here's here's another hard cut that comes up immediately after that. Uh, Abby, Abby and Aaron's uh, video presentation, their their promotional presentation <laughs> here of them in the black turtlenecks. Uh-huh. Uh, this is one that I could have done without. Uh, where where are you on on this uh, this particular scene? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. It is both delightful and confounding all at the same time. I mean, it's 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 good in the sense that it's the two of them completely making fools of themselves, and especially when you get Holtzman and Patty's reactions to it. Like, no, I didn't ask for this. I no, I don't want to see this. Why are we watching this right now? Uh, yeah. I, but then, but then the audience, to a certain extent, um, they they feel the same way. I'm like, all right, this is pretty cheese ball. Uh, we gotta let's get into the movie, guys. Okay, uh, okay, they're still going. Yeah, the ley lines. Oh, hey, okay, all right, ley lines. We're setting up. I think again, this was them trying to sort of ease us into some of the new lore that they had created, but yeah, it, it just ended up being a little too much. Um, well, and we can see it leak out like the board game that came out, Protect the Barrier, right? Comes right, right, yeah. right out of that, right, directly from that. Where, but at the same time, by removing it and really uh, leaning more onto Rowan's mantra, yeah, do you know what I mean, like. Charge the lines, create the vortex, break the barrier. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that worked way better to establish like like what his plan was. And by repeating it over and over, we we understood at least the sense of the the the, the mechanisms behind it, sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's dimensional barrier. He's charging things up by charging it up. He's gonna power up this vortex, and it'll pop a hole to the other dimension. Good. There we go. Which by you know, like I said. It, that itself there explains this concept of a barrier and he's attempting to, do you know what I mean? Their whole thing is like the warning. It's there. We got to protect it or it'll destroy the earth. And <laughs> his was whole, I'm going to destroy the I'm earth. Destroy, yeah. It did, it did. We didn't need to see the two sides. Like we understood. It's just implied and understood that the Ghostbusters are there to counter whatever his plan is. So don't, they yeah, didn't really need, need to, to explain the mechanism up. twice. Yeah. It was fine for him to just, I understand their science, and here's the here's what I'm doing. Over well, and, and, over. and if if the if the goal of this too was to effectively make them f- uh, look how cheeseball they were back in high school, just showing that photo was enough. Like they flipped the yes. photo over, look how goofy they were in their black turtlenecks. Ha ha ha! Great, that's the joke. You know, that's what's funny about that whole sequence. So it and, just and beats it, it to death a little bit. Yeah, and Aaron talking a bit about her school years again. It's weirdly, it's one of those things where. Her explaining how awkward she felt. Actually, it's almost more powerful, too, because we get the sense that, yes, they probably were kind of uh, painfully awkward. But at the same time, whereas with this one, it's we're like, yeah, you guys were painfully awkward, but it's got none of the, oh, and remember, we were bullied and people laughed at us sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas her story at the table to them kind of covered in a very short period, of, like a very condensed little bit, hit a whole bunch of notes much more you know what yeah much quicker. good good emotional beat you get that she's an outcast you get that she doesn't yep. fit in for all the stuff that and we how, talked about yeah. at the beginning of the movie you get it right there right then and there yeah, that's so. it so i like it because it makes me laugh yeah <laughs> like but again it, yeah it's, it, it's, it's funny. genuinely funny um and like i say what makes it is is as a scene it's almost something you can kind of sit down and tear apart on its own and, and kind of dissect and look at and all that because it's it's done nicely so that just when you're getting to that, oh, 
God, this is, this is uncomfortably embarrassing with them, you know, doing their little moves and all that. It'll cut to Patty and Holtzman just sort of, what? Yeah, just dumbfounded, like, what is this? <laughs> what the shit is happening? And, and you have a good laugh at that, and then they'll go back to it. You know, like, on its own, like I said, it's as a set joke, it's, it's good. Yeah. Like I said, it's yeah. great, even. It's just, again, I can see why it kind of got pulled out, because it's, it's, quite big and it's weird though it did kind of leave the the trail of uh uh what we what was left in which is what came after which is them watching the tv right and it's kind of that that was one of the things where it felt like there was a weird little bit of a jump because they're wearing like their turtlenecks and all that sort of thing and you're kind of like why are they wearing matching turtlenecks yeah like like your brain actually just goes that's a bit matchy matchy isn't it like (laughs) It's so, hmm. yeah. Well, and and again, that that comes up later after the whole, you know, Aaron discovering of Rowan's notes into Ghosts from Our Past, which we're, which we're going to talk about too, where there were remnants of a B story that sort of just disappeared there, uh, yeah. and we we knew there was a passage of time and there was something in there that we weren't seeing, and sure enough, we get to see it. So, um, so let's see, let's let's uh, let's keep moving so we can get through it. Uh, the goat on the loose. There's the deleted scene. We talked about that. That was the BuzzFeed scene. We sort of talked yeah. about that a few episodes ago. A um, few lines in there about the Cadillac uh, having the ghost on it, which were funny. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't... The The one line that really seems to have stuck with people is, was it the, uh, put your mints in the purse? <laughs> oh, get in the purse, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, those t-shirts are coming by the way but again not, not for me i'm just sure somebody's doing it right and, now and 500 other versions of that joke including um you know uh patty sort of retorting you know i'm sure it was leslie jones a little bit in character a little bit is leslie jones like <laughs> yeah those jokes belong in that hearse too you know like just kind of making fun of her for how <laughs> lame some of the puns were but uh but so Beast, Beast of Mayhem, this is the one that really astounded me because I felt like the theatrical version was was pretty pretty tight. I, I didn't feel like anything was really missing in here. But as we've discovered with this digital release, there's a lot that they cut out from the Beast. The Beast of Mayhem concert could have been another 30 minutes, 45 minutes on its own, um, including... Well, did, did you get to the singer gets high? No, you didn't because that's, that's where something happens that we've talked about. But uh-huh. so, so there's... Do you want me to spoil it? I don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, uh, I'm a big boy. Do your spoiler warning for anybody else. So All right. We haven't so done it in a while. I was going to say, skip spoil- ahead. I think actually, skip it, ahead. It, hopefully you're uh, you're an hour into this podcast. And if you haven't watched the extended version and you're, you're sensitive about spoilers, I'm sorry. Stop, we should stop. have done this a long time ago. Uh, but uh, okay. So I'm going to spoil it. I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, no, it's so, okay. Go. We, we have a whole other dynamic here to the Beasts of Mayhem that actually I kind of wish they would have uh, left in there, but it's in the deleted and alternate scenes, uh, starting with the singer gets high. Dude, the Beasts of Mayhem were supposed to suck. Everybody hated the Beasts of Mayhem. They were a has-been band. Uh, Adam Ray's character uh, works at a coffee bean. Um, there's a scout up in the balcony. Um, he's the scout for Thunder Gun Records, and this is like their big break, bro. We're going to get out there, and we're going to sell this, and we're going to get a record deal. Uh, and uh, Mayhem actually helps the crowd get into the set, and that's why like, you see Adam Ray get totally stoked in the middle of his song. I was because... about to say, yeah. So not only does it explain two things, it explains 
uh, the Beast of Mayhem and Adam Ray's sort of reaction to the crowd getting into it, but also all of the people that sort of said, wow, that's really sort of cheeseball metal. Like that's like an 80s or a 90s movie metal band. Yeah, they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be terrible, which yeah. I think I think would have been great to keep in there. Um, and, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff where you know, uh, where the lead singer Adam Ray gets pulled up by mayhem and he flies past the thunder gun records. And he's like, somebody, somebody help me rock this place. Like he's trying to, he's trying to impress the guy. It's, oh, it's so good. Um, I, yeah. Well, when one of the four main characters still by the end of the movie is mostly an enigma, Yes. Yeah. I don't know. You don't need a B story ba- for the Beast of this, Mayhem. This, yeah. This C story to, for the band that they run into is, right? well, is something I, they really needed to dial in but on. Look, I mean, look again. Here's here's another instance of this movie. Really, if you open it up and you let it breathe, you can get backstory for the Beast of Mayhem. You can get to know them. You understand they suck. They're looking for their record contract. Um, but then the other thing in here that that was opened up and and it, again it, it makes sense because it was a long line of dialogue right in the middle of this action sequence the crossing the streams explanation like here's here's something that is crucial to the ghostbusters lore and i can see why they cut it because it's a little wordy it's not as simple as don't cross the streams why it would be bad it's a lot more long-winded and you you kind of get what they're getting towards but it's it's holtzman speak you know so she's trying to tell them don't converge your beam blah 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 yeah. I just I think it would have been a fun inclusion in the theatrical version, but I understand why it was cut. And again, it pays off later, so it makes sense that it could go by the wayside, but uh, Yeah, I mean, well, we'll get to that cuz that, yeah. that plays into one of the alternates for the right, ending. Right. Or, uh, and in this case though, I think what it cuz it was funny, we I remember at some point I think you and I talked about it and I know I've talked to other people about it. It was one of the throwback references, like for a movie filled with nods to the original movie, the absence of the crossing the streams. It's the one that everybody bit, knows. Yeah. It was a bit of a, huh. And to be honest, nobody really missed it. Cause I think a lot of us were going, well, yeah, they just didn't have to, I guess. And that's I guess fine too. It wasn't a deal. Yeah. Maybe the equipment is different or maybe the physics in this are different or whatever, but yeah, but, but looking at this, I think what it highlights is, is at the end of the day, there's, and this is the thing, right? Like if you're going to follow in the footsteps of the first movie, this is why they kind of had to, in certain ways, uh, break out on their own to do, you know, some good, some bad, some work, some didn't to do their own thing. This is, this is it. Like you laid it out. There's nothing funnier than we can't cross the streams. And it's a, by the way, it's a mechanism, you know, it's a foreshadowing for the, the end of the movie, but I'm going to tell you now, can't cross the streams. Why? Because it would be bad. Done. Like it's funny <laughs> and, <laughs> and they don't bother us with real life. And once they've done that, it really kind of takes the wind out of anybody else trying to establish the exact same thing yeah don't cross the streams why uh, shit they kind of nailed it like you know what i mean like anything we do now yeah, is not well, going to work uh, in comparison yeah so uh, i don't i mean at any rate i mean it's it's another one of those that's not not crucial again not needed no. in the theatrical version but no uh, yeah noticeably absent and but not uh, really missed so yeah, yeah exactly 
so another another thing in here that I liked personally, the Aussie joke. I think that Aussie joke works so much better than the one that was in the the, the theatrical version. The theatrical <laughs> version is the Sharon. I think I'm hallucinating again. Yeah. And then this one is a lot more effective with we did that shit in the eighties. <laughs> like, yes, that's so it's, good. It's so good. That's way better. Such a better line. I, that's this is one where hands down the extended version wins my heart. Um, that's that's much better. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't know if it was like executive notes that kids don't know who you know who Black Sabbath they, is. They like, don't know Ozzy as a Black Sabbath, you know, singer of Black Sabbath, or on his own or his solo act. They know him as the doddering guy in the the show sort of thing. It's yeah. like because uh, the doddering okay. line didn't, didn't work. Whereas yeah. that, yeah, we did that in the eighties. It's like yes, yeah, that's great. And again, that. and it, it harkens back to the Beast of Mayhem kind of sucking. He's like these guys are old news. Whatever, <laughs> screw them. Um, so yeah. So at any rate, I I really enjoyed that. Um, so let me get into heist. Oh, and and for the record, Chris, uh, we are about at an hour and three minutes into the podcast, and we're about an hour and three minutes into the movie. So for those of you that just want to sync this up with the movie, just do it. Just <laughs> we're already just nice. doing commentary. Um, but this so may work uh, out. it this may out. work out. Uh, heist. Um, not too much different in here. Um, there's a few words, alternate takes, I think like I would have to one-to-one it to the theatrical version. It's not noticeably different. Um, but the one that everybody's talking about in here is after heist gets thrown out the window. Uh, it's very clear what happens to heist, um, based upon all of their reactions. Uh, they all sort of react in a, Oh God, that's awful. And again, in the alternate slash deleted scenes, we see the chalk outline. So yes, we know they filmed it where he definitively dies, but, uh, Holtzman's line here. Um, I've heard that it's ruffled a few feathers. Have you heard the same Chris for, for those of you that have not seen or heard it, uh, she she looks at Heist and says he wasn't really Ghostbusters material, <laughs> um, which I mean again Heist the, the character Heist is not Ghostbusters material. He's a curmudgeon and he's a you know he's a debunker. He's definitely not Ghostbusters material. But everybody now, because there are meta jokes in here, um, it can be taken in a different way, and uh, I, I believe a few people took it in a very different way. Well. I think we can save ourselves a whole lot of sanity points by just saying, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's a funny joke. I really like, well, it's, he wasn't Ghostbusters material. Like if you want a guy just of, died. If you want to be bent out of shape over it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> be bent out of shape over it. I don't, it's fine. It's, so. it's yeah. We're, we're elbow deep. Like I said, we just outright said we want to like pick and We want to cherry pick our subjective preferences. So if your subjective <laughs> preferences, there you're you going to take umbrage, take umbrage, take umbrage. You're totally, yeah, you're totally justified that's, in that's doing so. A okay with us. Um, uh, but, but what this does, what we do get out of this is later Kevin asking what threw heist out the window, which that whole sequence to me, that again, this uh, it's subjective, it's not necessary, although it does give Kevin a little more backstory, but like him stepping in the hydrochloric acid and the whole thing where it gets on his uh, slippers and they have to pour the baking soda on it and he starts then like, touches his eyes and his eyes get the acid in it and that that whole sequence I I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff I wish that would have stayed in there and I'm glad it's in the extended version I mean it's it's uh-huh. it's perfect and it's it, 
I don't know. Again, it's just showing how dangerous they just have hydrochloric acid and she just throws it off the table and she's like, whoops, you know, there goes the hydrochloric acid. Uh, we total, are total disregard here. Yeah, we are fast moving into the the third act that you and I talked about quite a bit where a lot of our, um, uh, what did we call them? There was kind of like head scratchers in there that we were, and a lot of, like one of them was a big one had to do with Kevin sort of thing. And this is the yeah. start of putting back in the pieces right. that well, take it, that take yeah. out that weird little bump in the road that we stopped and went, what was that about? Like where he shows up with the motorcycle later, you understand all of a sudden why he's shown up and he wants to be a Ghostbuster because he announces to them, He's like, I have an announcement to make. I'm going to be a Ghostbuster. And they all kind of go, what? <laughs> like, no, I think that's extremely dangerous for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Uh, again, it just, it's, it's those little, like we, we've gotten, we get the payoff to some jokes in the theatrical version, but we didn't get to see the setup to it, which is, is really nice to see in a lot of these. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that, that whole sequence I, I loved, uh, Annie Potts's cameo when they go to the Mercado. I think that's a different take, right? It felt different to me. She says something about the draft, like, oh, I'm sorry, your room's drafty. I don't remember that in the theatrical, but I I could be making that up. Yeah, well, you didn't remember the F-bomb, so we uh, want to That's say. true. That's very true. <laughs> Again, one that I'd have to one-to-one. But, uh, but so, all right, so then they go in, uh, there's a little bit more with Rowan when they go into the basement and, and he kills himself. Uh, there's a huge deleted section immediately after that. Yeah, small small aside on the Rowan uh, killing himself thing. Uh, kudos to the people who did the little golden books and uh, kind of glossed over that little bit of the story. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it literally does the, he's got a machine and it powers him and he starts to fly and there are ghosts and then he turns into a ghost and they fight him. Oh I'm my like, God, how thank funny. You for take, thank you for taking the electrocution death out That's of good. child's yes, the, little golden books. The electrocution suicide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have the little golden books. I haven't had a chance to read them yet. I need to do that. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's well, a here, very clever way of four, doing it. You can borrow my four-year-old, and you'll have read them about eight <laughs> times by now. Oh, good. All right. So that's fine. I'm down with that. <laughs> Not mad at that. But uh, all right. So so at any rate, they're, uh, after they get arrested, um, the fake arrested, in air quotes, uh, here's here's where we get that the beginning of the section that we knew from the start there was something missing. Um, we... We get Aaron running into the blogger, uh, you know, who's, you know, he's he's asking the really pointed and sort of exploitational questions, and they just had a lousy experience after saving the world, and Aaron has none of it, and she punches him, and she really gets frustrated, and she goes home. There's a whole lot more in here as well in the deleted and alternate scenes, too, oh, so yeah. we, we know that there's this whole... It's the it's the old movie trope where the end of the second act you have to have everybody break up and they all go their separate ways and they have to get back together again. Uh, there was a whole lot more to this, um, but I'm I'm glad it's in the extended cut. I really think it should have been in the theatrical cut to begin with because it kind of it's it's necessary. This is a big turning point for her character, really. Yeah. So for the stuff like the boyfriend and Beast of Mayhem and all that, where I'm like, yep go not needed tightens it up nicely this is the stuff where i'm kind of like this is a lot and yeah this takes a yeah. lot of real good stuff with it like well and, like and I, good I, jokes I would, too I would even the, yeah it jokes but uh, but the stuff you you were like you're talking about like some of the 
you you really commented on. I don't know that I've quite registered it this, at the same way you have, but you talk about how some of the jokes were real tight, right? Like there's a lot of, they're not giving them room to move and stuff like that. I would leave all of those in just to put this stuff back in, right? Yeah, like, just to get this. It, it's crucial. It's crucial to the story. It's and pivotal. It's you p- end the movie with the two of them like jumping into another dimension together to cement their return to like, you know, fast friends. It's like, and you took this out? Like, yeah, what a strange decision. And I, again, I don't know. Again, I'm glad it's in the extended cut. And yeah. maybe, maybe this was a studio note, like something's got to go. And like, uh, I guess we got to kill you what, some of them. So tell you what's going in the Chris Stewart homebrew cut yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. i don't i don't like i said if if what they needed to do was to get it to uh a, a tight let's say a, a tight comedy uh uh time um time thing you know what i'm talking about here runtime thank yeah, you runtime yep time thing um yeah they cut out everything that was super superfluous extraneous oh that's much easier (laughs) um this i don't think is extraneous the same way as the boyfriend is or the beast of mayhem uh you know backstory is but i can see though that if they are tight and i mean when you stop and think about it it's like you look around at the rest of the theatrical cut and you're like what else could they take out right like nothing really they did leave in enough of the framework of the friendship and all that sort of thing that it but it's just kind of strange that like they didn't really break up enough to get back together like it was just yeah it it it, it it totally it cheapens what happens in the the climax of the film where especially if if in the extended version and the alternate versions here you're you're cementing that Aaron when things get difficult she's left you know when people start making fun of them in high school she leaves or she starts you know saying that she doesn't believe in all of this stuff even though she does and so here's a moment again where we see her leave and in a big way like literally with the proton pack on her back leaves and in an alternate scene goes and tries to get her job at the university back um, and, yeah. and, it, and you're it's not like, really polishing that statue, um. <laughs> but, but so, I mean, and, and so when she, when Abby goes into the portal and Aaron jumps in after her, that's her making the conscious decision. Like, look, shit is difficult right now. I'm not going to turn my back on you and leave. I'm jumping quite literally jumping in head first with you. Like we're in this together. Yeah. Like I said, like, yeah, God, the, and the, it, it's speaking of the the trying to get her job back and all that, like the the talking uh, when she you know escorted outside sort of thing. That 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 literal break they have there. Ugh, God, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I said, it's just. I wish that I wish that would have been in there. That's that's got to be in the Chris Homebrew cut. So. Uh, yeah, and then and like you say, and then it it all tails in nicely to the end of the movie, where again we see an alternate where. Yes, it plays out roughly the same that Aaron goes in to save her, but they balanced it different. Like, like Abby front loaded it as, look, I'm about to go do something heroic. It's on you to help me out sort of thing. And it doesn't feel quite the same as she inadvertently is put into trouble. So there isn't, there isn't that, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's something kind of backhanded about saying, uh, you kind of blew it before. Just don't blow it now. Thanks. Yeah. In the alternate versus the, uh, in the heat of the moment, as in the literal, like when the chips are down, Yeah, there what is are you no, do? there is no spoken. She makes, she, you know, she follows through exactly 
the way she's supposed to. Yeah. Um, as a true friend sort of thing. So it, well, yeah. and we'll let's, let's unpack this a little bit more when we get to that particular yes. moment. Sorry, because that, I, don't, that's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to move too far. No, the trouble no. is, is these things are all connected and it's kind of tough to talk about one and not the without other. The other. But especially right, so, that, that one in particular, but so, okay. So right after this is Abby's possession, which holy crap, totally different. Um, even the conceit of the scene is the same in the theatrical version. This is like, this is a complex gag of filmmaking wise. Like this is something that had to have been uncomfortable for Melissa McCarthy and, or her stunt double to do, but her literally vomiting slime all over the place and it's coming out of her nose and her ears. And it's just, yeah. And, but, but the other thing that you get out of this is Rowan's monologue, which is fantastic. It's creepy. And it's this, this whole scene. Yeah. I am so glad that this is in the extended version because it's, it's, it's bigger in scale. It adds a whole lot more depth to what Rowan is doing. It puts the stakes higher because poor Abby has now gone through this completely traumatic experience that looks just awful. Um, it really, it, it harkens back to the beginning of the movie. It harkens back to the original film because there's slime everywhere. You see the slime come out of the door and uh, I, I get it because later when Holtzman knocks on the door, where'd the slime go? You know, there's, there was a whole lot of cleanup there that had to happen. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what it, it, it did reminded me of is we, and again, we talked about this from when we watched the, the theatrical release and we were talking about it, the beginning of the movie with the tour of the Aldridge mansion and that first reveal, the creepy, like scary ghost. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. went one step beyond Alice, the library ghost where you went, Oh wow. There's going to be, you know, scary stuff. There was some real creep going on there that never quite came back in the rest yeah. of the movie. And like this, little, this is definitely that moment. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like this is, and I, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, wow. Again, same thing where I'm like, I can kind of see why this is the bit that got snipped, but it's kind of like, I don't know that they should have. Oh, I mean, this. it's, it's, it's a little exorcist. It's a little, again, it's, it's the, it's on the, the horror film genre where you've got the, the ghost possessing her and just yeah. awful things that you would never want happening to yourself. Uh, it brings in a little bit of uh well kind of spooky darkness sort of thing yeah the stuff yeah. that he talked a lot about in like we were trying to make it you know darker and spookier and all that and we never really questioned it when it came out because there was some of that there like it was definitely you know less uh especially with the big fight at the end the ghosts there and all that they're no but they're nowhere near kind of the uh they don't come across the same way as like the eighties ones, which we saw much less of the ghosts and they were, you know, it, there was the pop soundtrack going on in the background. Right. Which, so right. overall the tone was a little bit lighter. Um, so we never really thought about it, but yeah, obviously there was this whole, you know, tonal arc that was kind of planned out and, you know, some very key bits of it got, uh, got, got left behind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that brings up a good point. Still no uh, montage. I was I was ex fully expecting a montage in the extended version, but nah, I didn't get my montage. Uh, no pop Not song montage. Every movie needs a montage. <sighs> this did. I just wanted one so bad for nostalgia's sake. So Wait, uh, I could try and cobble one together in the the homebrew cup. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Just for you. I don't you know where. Let me think on it. Somewhere in the chaos. Uh, Leave of, it with me. Well, okay. Well, you I were talking do. about that. There, that was the Colin Quinn uh, example that I talking, called out. But he's always talking. You're not. You're all stop. talked out. I'm all talked uh, out. 
So, so when all of the ghosts are unleashed, when the barrier is broken and they're running around uh, wreaking havoc on New York City, uh, the Boston Red Sox baseball player who's sitting at the bar, uh, I, I thought that was Colin Quinn. And that was when I uh, sent the Twitter uh, message to Paul Fegan. I was like, is that Colin Quinn? But no, uh, that's actually Lenny Clark, a uh, famous Boston comedian, which makes it even funnier. Uh, but, but a little meta in there with a Boston guy asking what the hell he's doing in New York city, uh, you know, f- for all of the, uh, New York versus Boston, uh, that was surrounding this film a little bit, uh, with that rivalry. Uh, I, I think, I think it's, it's probably wise that that was cut out of the theatrical version, but I'm glad that it's in the extended version because yeah. it's that one extra bit of goodness and the ghost looks fantastic. That's the other thing. There's a, there's a lot of it throughout the entire movie where you can see where, some of the stuff played out still funny and all that, but played out a little bit more where they were like, you know what, this kind of makes us laugh more than, than other people necessarily. Like it's not quite a, um, or, um, stuff that they kind of presage. So, um, the, just we rewinding a little bit here to the breakup on the campus scene that we were talking about a minute ago. In retrospect, that's where, um, the scene of um, uh, 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 Melissa McCarthy uh, in, in you know in the jumpsuit, uh, that stuff was filmed very early because that's one of the first shots we saw in the first week or yeah. two of filming. Yeah. Her in the orange baseball shirt with the proton pack and Melissa McCarthy yeah. in the yeah yeah, which means strangely enough, they anticipated the people making fun of the uniform. Before, before it happened, before anything got out, <laughs> yeah, because that picture of her at that scene that went out was when people started, you know, certain people started, uh, you know, basically hacking on. Uh, she looks like she's a garbage man and all yeah. that sort of thing. So strangely enough, they kind of uh, they saw that one coming. Yeah, and, and she walks away and she's like, "Go ahead, look and laugh ahead. or whatever." Yeah, have a look. I don't care. Yeah. Laugh. Um, anyways, and, and, it was just a thought I had too, when I was watching it. Let's, no, well, and, and you, you just reminded me of something too. You know, Charles Dance was top billed in this movie, uh, in the press as well. And now looking on the extended version and all of the alternate scenes, even, even down to this Boston Red Sox player at the bar is next to Dean Fillmore. Like Charles Dance was all over this movie. It makes sense that he was, you know, in the top build, uh, cast for the film, but yeah. just everything ended up on the cutting room floor, which it, it's unfortunate because it, it seemed like he was a good foil, especially in that scene where Aaron tries to go back and get her job back and he's just waiting for the security guards to get there, you know? What uh, I was most impressed with is that it, while that one was probably less improv, it felt a lot more like you could kind of tell there was some improv going on and he went with it. He was yeah. able to go with it. Like some stealing of paper lines, clips. Like, uh, yeah, I've been stealing clips and he leaked us over. Yeah, we've all done that. You know, it's just like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's, That's he's pretty good. For it. Yeah, what was I feet. watching the other day that I, I, he was in and I went, oh yeah, I forgot he was. He's in Alien 3 and Game That's of Thrones. That's the one. And... Thank you. Yeah. Alien 3. I forgot he was oh, the doctor yeah. in Alien 3. Yeah. He's everywhere. It's Charles Dance, man. He's the bad guy in Last Action Hero. Like, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> Darn British actors kind of <laughs> secretly being everywhere, and we they don't notice until, they, until they're on HBO. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so, at any rate, so, yeah, we get into uh, Dan Aykroyd's cameo. There's the double negative joke in there. 
Uh, blah, 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 blah. I talked to Andrew Schaefer about what I thought. I thought that they, at some point they had talked about the cabbie getting attacked, but I think that was just in a Katie Dippold interview. Uh, the stay poofed, the stay poofed, stay poofed, stay poofed. <laughs> That's in France. Stay poofed. Ooh, stay poofed. Le poofed. Uh, le poofed. <laughs> That's, there's my other t-shirt. Uh, the stay puffed balloon pop. That's what happened. I had balloon and poofed and it all got in there in the middle, but uh, very good. Still love that. It makes a whole lot more sense now that she leaves. Again, the whole welcome back thing makes a yep. whole lot more sense Works here. Works a lot better. Going uh, to one of the alternates in the, the Holtz, I believe it was in the Holtzman Runs Wild, the bit where she's got a balloon hooked on her pack. Yes, and she's and running trying to, with it. And she's trying, it's like, what's wrong? It's hooked. I can't get it. I can't get it hooked. Just bring it with you. I'm like... <laughs> That actually works. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that should have stayed. And she runs from left to right across the frame with the piece of balloon piece strapped balloon to her belt. Her. I'm like, oh, that so could have stayed in. That actually is really, that's a nice bit of uh, uh, visual physical comedy. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's the, there's so much of that. Again, it, this this movie could have been four hours. And your uh, homebrew version can be. Cut. So, yes. So we'll start uh, the pool now, how long people think mine will come in at. I, let's see. The extended, it's two hours, 15 minutes. I put mine at ooh, one hour fifty seven minutes. Wow. So, okay. okay. You're, gonna cut, you're gonna cut stuff out. We'll see. I'm All not right, gonna we'll go see crazy. Goes. You you're the one who wants to try to rebuild the four hour one, and I think I you should do. do that. I want the you uh, the six part dream. Netflix uh, series. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna cut this into six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right. So uh, so we we're finally to it. The moment that a lot of people have been waiting for. Here it is, the dance sequence. Um, so we've talked about it before. Uh, uh-huh. Chris and I have have made our opinions uh, pretty clear about this. Um, I, I I want to go back a little bit on my uh, opinion that I have stated on the show previously. I, I, for one, said that I thought it was really going to suck the energy out of the film, bring it to a dead stop, and it, it still does uh, to a certain extent. But it's also mercifully short. Like the way that it's cut into this extended cut, it's just sort of like 30, 45 seconds. You get the idea that he's just toying and waiting for them to arrive and you're done, you know? Yeah. Um, Again, this feels like it was kind of a, this is what a little taste of what we wanted to do. We won't put the whole thing back in, but this is kind of but a just touch a on little what we were bit. Yeah, I mean they, they could, sprung to pay for the Bee Gees song here, so they've they yeah, licensed they, the song. Um, yeah, build it into the extended uh, iTunes uh, soundtrack. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what confused me a little bit about it is a lot of people pointed out that it actually explains a bit better why they're all in their their Saturday night pose. Right. Yeah. And. I guess because they're all, they walk through them with their arm up. I guess you couldn't get around that. You couldn't, yeah, they couldn't have, I'm, they would have had to reshoot it, and that's a lot of people to yeah. schedule for a reshoot See, or what, something. I, but. I had a thought, then I realized, I forgot about the bit where they walk through them, and they're like that. It, yeah. um, in the extras, we get to see some of the unfinished. They, where they're all standing outside the Mercado, they were composited in later. It's all green screen. Uh, and I'm kind of like, so why did they have to have their yeah, arm why, up? Yeah, why? Um, uh, because hmm. obviously they thought they were going to, they had the whole flow with the dance scene and then they cut the dance scene. Yeah, <laughs> maybe never at any the time they, they go, let's just have them frozen and uh, yeah. put that in. Which well, still would have worked. Like the funny part is, is they couldn't have anticipated this. But if, you know, 
you know, through voodoo magic or whatever they could have, it still would have been very creepy to have all these heavily armed people just standing there staring blankly. You know what I mean? Like you, you wouldn't have had to work too hard. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I think I would have rather, have you watched the deleted scene, bring it in yet? Have you gotten to that one? No. Is that the, the big gun? That's where you get the, the proton cannon gun like that. I, I would have rather had that come in and maybe they're pointing it where it should fire. And then it doesn't fire or something like he freezes them then. And, Oh, okay. It makes sense. They've all got their, or they see something and they point or, you know, they could have gotten clever in the edit that way, but maybe there just wasn't time. It was a last minute cut or something. So I think this is one that's not exactly subjective as a matter of taste, but as a matter of continuity, it makes sense in the extended version and I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with this, this 30 seconds of you should be dancing being in there because it explains the why they're all frozen. It, it's, it's such a good song. <laughs> but it's it's fine. I mean, it's it's thirty seconds, and it explains why they're all frozen, pointing. But again, it it just it it helps with the continuity a little bit, where you have the payoff to the joke, and and you get to see the setup. But he's back in he's back in a karaoke Ding a ding! Come on, rhythm guitar, horns. It was the best of disco. It was what the dream was. It Troy. was the dream. Living the disco dream. Anyway. Casey and the Sunshine Band came along and <laughs> screwed it all up. <laughs> Welcome to Studio 54 Radio on XM Sirius. Uh, or, or, actually, no, I shouldn't play. <laughs> Casey and the Sunshine Band were kind of okay. Let me, here, let me back up. Uh, Rick Dees and Donald Duck came along and screwed it all up. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Disco Duck, come on. Disco Duck. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So anyway, so so they enter the building. We we are now firmly in the bit where for the Stewie homebrew, a lot of thinking's going to have to go on because there's a lot of material to work with. Oh yeah, Com- you know what complex I mean? we're, here. We're now in the middle of the third act uh, where, yeah, there was a lot of material to work with, and they made some some big cuts, some little cuts and some alternate, some big alternate changes and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and definitely listen to that commentary with, uh, with Paul and Katie Dippold, uh, because they, they talk about the third act and Paul talks about how it, it uh, the criticisms that they got were that it turned into this big CG spectacle in the third act. And he said, you know, I really did my best to limit that. Like I wanted this to be, it has to be big. It's a big movie. The third act has to be huge, but I, I also wanted everything to feel, you know, tight and, and, and coherent. And so they, they really poured over this. So, uh, when you do your, your, your homebrew version of it, uh, really pour over it. You're going to have to sit there and make some tough decisions yourself. <laughs> uh, that's, but that's half the fun. Exactly. Um, so, all right. So we get in, they, they walk into the building, uh, floating Kevin. There he is. There's some Australian jokes in there, which were, were funny. I'm, I'm glad that those are in there now. Um, we also now get the five of you gag, uh, that we've, uh, we've talked about a few episodes ago. It's, it's actually been a few months now since we learned that, uh, Rick Moranis was, uh, approached to do a role in the film, uh, to do a little cameo and he was going to show up and be this guy in his uh, pajamas and robe in the Mercado library that came down for coffee and just kind of got in the middle of this. And uh, so we get to see what that might have been. And in Rick Moranis's place is uh, Brian Baumgartner, who you might know as Kevin uh, from the office. It's, it's a throwaway gag there. They also add in the chair gag here. It's, it just, it, it builds a little bit more of this third act. Uh, 
you know, for the, for the reasons that when they're on the rooftop uh, at the end of the first film, the original film, there's uh, aim for the flat top. She's a nimble little minx. Like we have those jokes in there that kind of make you, it's, it's a, it's an action sequence, but you rem- you remember it's a comedy. So <laughs> here's a yeah. few jokes, you know? Uh, so we get a few that were cut out. I, I could take or leave these. I mean, I, I, I like them again. They're subjective, not necessary, but uh, I, I would, I, I love them. I don't know. I'll take them. The one, the one thing I would take out is not the, not the, the action itself, but the sound cue of the uh, the Ghostbusters piano notes. Oh right, the the trailer piano thing. The there? trailer piano notes. Yeah, which was fine in the trailer. I'm okay with it. I'm just kind of like at this end bit. I'm kind of like, you know, I got four Ghostbusters fighting the logo right now. I don't. I don't uh, really. Yeah, the theme song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only thing missing is like you know. Uh, yeah, well, in this case, like Rick Moranis popping up in the corner, toasty. Like, yeah, no, we know, we get it. Like, <laughs> yep, original movie. It. Okay, we got it. It's there. Um, all right, so <laughs> unless, let's. Unless it's there because some exec went, we paid how much for those three keys? Ah, <laughs> yeah, put exactly. it in the movie somewhere. We licensed that for theatrical. You're going to use it in theatrical. <laughs> you're going to use it, it, and you're going to uh, like it. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we've got about a half hour left here. Uh, strangely enough but so but i I want to talk about this this is the end of the movie this is what i really wanted to unpack with you so let's just dive into this and talk about it on a on a broad sense here um because in in the extended cut you get the cross the streams plan which is great because we have the cross the streams dialogue now back in the beginning of the film so we've established that crossing the streams is bad they go to cross the streams um and it's not effective and it, 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 so they go and they do this. It's going to kill them. It's highly risky. Oh my God, it didn't work. I actually really like this. I like this a lot because it plays on the fact that you know that crossing really? the streams is bad. You know that crossing the streams saved the day in the original movie. And when it doesn't work, I think that's a good, a good moment where you go, oh, oh, okay. So crossing the streams doesn't work in this. Now what are they going to do? Like I, I, as soon as that happens, I don't know what's going to happen. Like it, it sort of plays hmm. with the fact that you're expecting them to cross the streams at the end of the movie. Yeah. See, I go the other way where it feels like they put it in there again, a r- nice nod back to the original movie, but the joke is supposed to be that one, in, you know, one in a thousand or whatever it is will be fine. Or we all die, and in yeah. the, in the service of this, it's like, or there's this third option where nothing happens, and then we have to come up with the next step up, which in its own way doesn't like. And here's where I'm. Hello, uh, Abby and Craig of the Yes Have Some podcast. <laughs> I'm about to make a Jaws <laughs> reference. Like essentially, that's what they 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 went with, which was shoot you know, shoot the oxygen tank. Yeah, exactly. Shoot, shoot which, the barrel and you save the day. That kind of which thing. Which is yeah. on its own. I'm okay with, like I said, it just kind of, I mean, we're watching this massive end sequence and, you know, big final battle and all that to use it as a small, you know, a t- the tiny little mechanism that turns the portal. Like, cause that's the, 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 the gotcha at both of them. It's like taking the portal, which is letting, that world spill out into our world and, you know, basically turning the vacuum the other way, right? you know, switching, yeah. switching the, 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 the flow of the, of the suction sort of thing. And same thing here. It's, you know, spewing out ghosts into our world. If we can do this one thing, it'll run the other way. 
Which and, they still they still end up doing that though. Yes, like with like I say with the and that's what they do with you know the shoot the thing on the top, right. which by the way was set up. Uh, we just gave a ghost a nuke. <laughs> yeah, don't don't shoot it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't shoot it. We just gave a ghost a nuke. Um, and like I say, I, I I'm okay with it being on its own because then at least while I, I'm still chewing on whether you know it's the most. Like it's kind of a simple way to, to 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 wrap it all up, but given that again, this is supposed to be about Abby and Aaron, to use it as a way to just get to the bit where uh, Aaron has to go save Abby, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Versus this thing where, and this is why I'm saying I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm not saying you're wrong. You're you're you have the right to your opinions. We're but I'm wrong. Yeah. We're allowed to have your opinions. <laughs> no, I just don't agree with it. Is what it amounts yeah. to. Because for for me to have have the cross the streams thing and then it fizzles out. Like it, I I, I can kind of conceive of the third option if it turns into a, a joke in its own right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if the third the third option is you know so has some sort of wacky or unintended consequence. Instead, in this case, it's like lighting the fuse on a stick of dynamite. And it doesn't explode. It's like, oh, well, huh, okay, well, all right. And then it it just makes this thing the with the blowing up the 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 roof of the uh, sacrificing the car. See, oh, there we go. I figured it out. <laughs> it just took a second. We're doing it live. Hooray! Somebody write this down. <laughs> I'm, I'm a genius. Bring me a coffee. I don't know. Um, the sacrificing of the car is what differentiates it from the first movie. Yeah. In the first one, the car's down below and they just do all the stuff on the roof. In this one, yeah, they trade the car. Yeah. Uh, you killed for the, the car. You, they killed the car. Yeah. To, 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 to execute this solution, which then leads into the Abby and, and Aaron, you know, having, you know, they're, the, the ultimate proof of friendship. Great. Yeah. Whereas, whereas if you had this thing before it, it just feels like, oh, and this is the consolation wrap up solution. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't know. It makes it feel a little, weirdly it, enough on its own, it feels way more solid than if you put this thing before hmm. it, re referencing the old movie that just kind of fizzles out. And this is the deus ex machina that's going to get us to the next pit we need to get to. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I, I, I interpret it as, you know, they try something, it fails, uh, you know, now we got to come up with something else. Uh, the stakes yeah, are see, even higher that, that we know that no, something that is you. incredibly powerful doesn't work. But now this is what? the thing. Then you have to kill the car, you know. But something else should have happened. It, it could still not work. That's fine. But it needed to do something else other than just not working. Do yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like to to pour all that energy in, and then I don't know. Oh my god, it's almost even worse now, or something like that. Like there right. needed to be. There needed something to be, that raises that stake a little bit. Yeah. It need yeah needed to raise it a little bit. Needed to take a bit of a left turn rather than just a non-answer. Hmm. It's going to be A or B. Eh, no, it's well, gonna be C. All right, on so we go. I'll, I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal here for your for your homebrew okay. version. All right, uh, you can cut out the crossing the streams bit if you okay. cut in the entirety of "So Glad You Came Back." Okay, as well, your alternate anyway, So okay, fine. Good. All right, <sighs> thank God we're on the same page for this one. <laughs> I'm not sure how yet because, frankly, I did like as I did say before, everything around it where she. Uh, like I said, that whole thing where she's like, uh, throws it in her face, <laughs> where she gives him the, her the ultimatum, like yeah. to, to, are you my friend or not? Cause you usually flake out. Just don't flake out now. I don't like that as much as the forced, the instinctive 
reaction, which is under the worst duress, under the, the, you know, with no time to think. And actually that works out even better with all the other stuff where she, cause it is all about when they stop and, you know, get to inside their own head. Cause her whole thing is like the whole, remember the, the breakup thing where she's like, who cares what other people think? She's like, I care what yeah, other I people care what think. Other people I'm think. tired yeah. of people think. And, and to be honest, I guess you could say it's a little bit selfish, but it's not, it's not like it, we don't understand it because yeah, for her entire life, she's been regarded as like, you know, judged and regarded as a weirdo by people. Yeah. She'll have a little bit of thing about not being regarded or judged as a weirdo sort of thing. But, and this is the, you know, the friction with Abby sort of thing. Cause Abby's like, well, that leads you to just not be there for me. And I kind of need yeah. you to be there for me. And in this one, there's no time to think. So in, in a pure instinct moment, it is there. Yeah. And I think I, that works a little bit better than the don't screw it up. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think, so I, I feel like the, the so glad you came back deleted scene, it does a few things and it does it very well. That's why I'm very, I'm just, I'm really surprised that they didn't go with this as the alternate sequence of events, but because it shows Abby being extremely heroic. She realizes that Rowan's not going into the portal. So she says, you know what? I'm going to be the bait. She straps that thing on. She jumps into it of, of, you know, her own uh, decision. Um, great moment for Abby. You re- you really get a sense. Here is the heart of the Ghostbusters. She's like, you know what? If I got to take that thing out and I'm sacrificed with it, so what? All you got to do is pull me back and I'll be okay. You know, that just such a great moment for Abby. Um, and then, it is. Yeah, okay. Well, but, and, and then the conscious decision of Aaron to jump in after her to get her fantastic. I love that. It's, it's not instinctual. It's more sort of like, uh, you know, she's tried to talk her out of this. You don't have to do this. She jumps in anyway. Aaron says, you know what? I'm in this. Let's, we're going to do this together. She jumps in. Yeah. Um, it, it also omits the entirety of the other side sequence where they're in that portal and kind of floating through the, the netherworld. Um, which, which I like, see, that's one you, you like that. I've always kind of had a nitpick about that. It's just, it, it, I don't know. For some reason, it just it never settled with me. But but it also built up tension because so they jump into this thing and everybody's like, "What happened? Oh my god, they're dead!" It's that moment in the original film where they fall into the giant uh, the chasm that's opened up in the middle of the street and everybody yeah. goes, "Oh my god, they're dead!" Oh wait, there they are, and they come out and there's that heroic moment. I felt like this does the exact same thing. They jump back out and everybody's like oh my god they're alive there's that little bit of heroic like that heroic uh, like release I don't know I don't know what the right word for it is but it's like they did this heroic thing they came out on the other side they saved the day I don't I just I feel like it it works so much better the way that they did it here as opposed to Rowan's going down, he grabs somebody on the way and he's going in and she jumps in to save her, which which still works in the theatrical version and the extended version, but I don't know, if I feel like this is just the the characters are making more conscious decisions as opposed to just being reactionary if that makes sense. Yeah. You're entitled to your opinion. And that's fine. <laughs> Um, you're mocking me. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read all of your comments on proton <laughs> charging like this. Now you are entitled to your opinion. Your opinion. Um, no, it, it, you're not wrong. 
I just, I, it's not the same reaction I'm getting. What I see in what I went out with the theatrical cut is, and you're, you're not wrong. It puts a, a big heroic moment on Abby and it puts a big heroic moment on Aaron, but almost kind of by, by doing that, it diminishes the other two who have been there the whole time. Whereas in what out, what out with the theatrical, what went out blah, blah, with the theatrical uh, release puts it all back on them. Like, uh, so all four of them go to, to, to bait him towards the portal. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it kind of, yeah. it kind of, even though Aaron and, and Abby still have to have their, you know, friend moment sort of thing. And it does turn Abby's big heroic moment into, you know, a push, uh, a, a very short, uh, succinct push uh, uh, Patty out of the way, it did kind of leave it then so that up to the very last minute before those two have to have their their little, you know, uh, you know, uh, peek beyond the veil moment and, you know, solidify their friendship uh, and all that uh, moment, it is all about the four Ghostbusters. And that's the tricky part, right? Like in the first movie, who was the more heroic of the four of them at the end? None. Like uh, they, yeah, they none. were they did it together. Equally, yeah. Yeah. Equally footed the entire way through. And in this one, like I said, I, 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 my gut reaction is, is that by having the big heroic moments, it really topples that the four of them together thing. Whereas yeah. while not 100% equally footed in, in the theatrical release, it does bring a lot of it back to, to onto the four of them, especially since they, they can't have the, and all four of us, uh, across the streams, they then kind of move it over to all four of us will make sure Rowan uh, uh, comes over here. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, certainly the the version that's in both uh, theatrical and extended, it makes because Holtzman and Patty were very passive, and so glad you came back. Like they, it's it's all about. Uh, Aaron and Abby and Holtzman and Patty sort of join up with them at the end. Like, oh my God, yeah. you guys are alive. The end, you know, but in, in both of the, I guess we'll call them canon versions or theatrical versions. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got, you, you've got Abby falling through uh, the, the, whatever we'll call it, the other side. Uh, you have Aaron jumping in to save her. You have Patty and Holtzman pulling the cable. So yeah, everybody's working in tandem, which you, you don't get in. So glad you came back. I just, I feel like the, the emotional response to so glad you came back really got to me, but I, I mean, it's it, again, it is huge. It is huge. And it makes a lot more sense. Again, if other things that were cut wouldn't have fallen by the wayside as well. So I feel like maybe that's, maybe that's why this was cut out because it was, it's a great ending for a totally different version of the movie, which is exactly what the alternate scenes do. Um, but you know, it's again, it's, that's one of those where I watched that. I was like, wow, that is, that's impressive. Like I'm, I'm watching a deleted scene and I'm worked up and I'm emotionally invested (laughs) in it. And it's not just sort of like, Oh, that's a great alternate joke. Oh, the world's fair coin. I got it. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's one of those, I mean, again, it's, it's kind of leading into, uh, other things, which we'll talk about before we end the podcast here, which I know we've saved the best for last here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where the deleted scenes just reveal so much about the movie. So let's, let's talk about the, 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 the saving the best for last here, the deleted scenes, because we now get into the resolution of the film. 
uh, extended version, uh, we get a few extended little bits and like, uh, Sigourney Weaver has her, I hate doing that. That's a good gag. There's a few, the sorry Lansing thing. There's a few like extra beats in those jokes. Um, but in the alternate and deleted scenes, we definitively, (laughs) we get two things. We, we get confirmation of those of the, the fans that have been shipping Holtzman and Gilbert, uh, our Holtzbert shippers, uh, (laughs) There, there is there is a very definitive line in there where she uh, tells Gorin that they're dating, and, uh, and Aaron goes, "No, we're not. I'm dating our secretary." And there's this whole sort of like, "Oh, Holtzman is under the impression that you guys are dating. She's uh, she's in that world where she believes that you guys are hooked up, uh, which is great. I love that." Um, oh God, I I totally glossed over the whole the joke about the hair color, which I really loved. Um, uh, Holtzman says, "I talked to you at an AA meeting," and she says, "Oh, it's from it's from the dead president's line." Uh, and she goes, "You stay away from Taft. It's my mother's color." I love that one. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so the deleted scenes, especially the the Gorin, you know, the Sigourney Weaver uh, deleted scene. That's that's the one that I know a lot of people have have drawn to, and. I mean, it's 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 great. I mean, the good news is we do get shades of that in both the theatrical and the extended versions of the film. You you do now get more of a sense of, you know, Holtzman kind of laying it on a little thick, uh, trying to romantically engage with uh, with Gilbert, which which is really funny. I mean, it's it's great because you now have confirmation that they had built this out even more. It's just some of that stuff ended up being cut and and put in to the alternate and deleted scenes, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, stuff that would be great to, I don't know, are you going to put these in your homebrew version? Would you Would you include these? I feel like you should. I feel like these are, are big character moments for somebody like Holtzman. Yeah, f- who didn't have a lot compared to the others. So I think I would. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't have any strong opinion one way or another about whether it should have been so overt uh, you know, what her sexuality was, but at the same time, I know so many people are, you know, so, so, uh, excited about the idea that, that, that she's uh, gay. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, put it it's, in there. A, like, yeah, like, put I, it in there. I'm, it's integral to who she no. is. And yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, and to be honest, it doesn't change a thing. She's no, still, she's still the same she, character. Yeah. She's still, you know, crazier than, uh, uh, a homespun metaphor that I don't have on hand. Uh, it's, you know, delightfully so. Yeah. Uh, so really, uh, and I do kind of like that. Actually, now that I think about it by doing that, I mean, it would come at the end. So really what it ends up doing is it retroactively forces you to think about some of the stuff she was up to. Yeah. You kind of go back and look at things in a different light a little bit. Yeah. But it makes her seem slightly less weird. If you know what I mean? Like she is still a bit of an oddball, but at least you know that some of it out of context just seems really weird that in context where it's, you know, overtly she is (laughs) kind of digging on Aaron. It actually says it's not quite so weird. It's, it's her her social deficiencies in terms of like, she's not able to communicate with humans effectively. Yes. But at least, you know, where, where, what the motivation behind it is, is is way more uh, strengthened. But, but I'm okay with that. Well, here's, here's the other thing that it puts in a different light though. If she's under the impression that she is dating Aaron, 
Why does she immediately sign Aaron up to be the one to test out the untested nuclear weapon that has to have the grounded collar around her? And like, why, you know, she's like, I I like you. I'm going to put you in harm's way as as fast as humanly possible here. Yeah. Well, that was early days. It was, I I guess. It was early days in the. Like, when I like a girl, I'm not like, hey, you jump off that bridge first. Let's see what happens, you know? Like. A little, a little protective of uh, of somebody that you might be interested in, but I don't know. It's again, it's it it kind of goes back and shows some of the quirky things that she does, and you look at them in a different way. And well, remember, and, she's kind of haphazard herself. Safety lights are for dudes, and her whole joke about uh, at the end there about uh, what was it? Uh, it's completely unsafe, or whatever. Oh it was. yeah, yeah, it's completely. <laughs> Do we need that emergency light? Yeah. That was... It's completely unsafe uh, or unstable or whatever. Uh, everything she does is slightly reckless that I don't know necessarily that she'd be, she, she would have that consideration about yeah. slapping the collar on Aaron. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she she's... lives in a world of, of, of heightened, uh, you know, uh, pseudoscience threat yeah. <laughs> in the way she approaches all of her machinery. I think it would just, she'd kind of apply it to everybody else too. I mean, look at the crap that, uh, she's got, um, uh, Abby wearing, right. From that <laughs> giant helmet, uh, radio <laughs> yes. thing to the, uh, to, you know, bundling her up in, uh, in, uh, safety, uh, gear to test fire the proton yeah, pack. Like here, wear some hockey pads and go out there and test this nuclear weapon. Uh, I'm sure everything will be fine. Uh, but <laughs> With the exception of Benny's line about, you're still trying at your age. That's so impressive. <laughs> like, that line, was, that whole bit was a little kind of, eh, yeah, really. that was a little much. But the visual joke of Abby wearing more and more protective gear oh my God. every time <laughs> was awesome. But, well, you bring up Benny, like, there was a lot of Benny stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. There, you know, a lot of, a lot of his lines, a lot of his jokes, that whole sequence where they're in the alley that you were just talking about, and... He, he kind of hits on Abby in the credits, um, yes. <laughs> which which is new. Uh, what was the bit in the lab? Uh, I guess you're coming home with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, oh, oh, I mean, again, speaking of things that uh, were left on the cutting room floor that I feel like were delivered and executed so perfectly, uh, Ernie's cameo uh, when in the deleted scene, Uncle Bill. Uh, yeah. where he's, uh, Patty's talking about how she saved the world. His delivery of that line, uh, my little niece saved the world. Gotta pay for the car though. <laughs> like that was just yeah. so good. So and his, good. His throwaway, uh, stacking them like flapjacks, which was just kind of audio as the, the camera craned away in the theatrical release. He actually says like, I actually would put a lot more of him back in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And- and the funny thing that when you're watching the gag reel, uh, the flapjacks thing is just a recurring bit because of the security title of the film too, yeah. uh, which, so I'm, I'm wondering if Ernie was just joining in the fun and that ended up making it into the movie. Um, yeah, so that's the impression I got from the way they, they structured every, that yeah. whole sequence of flapjack jokes. Flapjacks. Yeah. You're going to so. get jacked in the flap. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, I mean, again, at any rate, so here we are, we've talked, uh, two hours, uh, the equivalent of the commentary. And I feel like there's so much more that we still need to talk about, uh, because they've, they've given us so much to work with here. They've given us so much to dissect and absorb and, uh, it's it's very great. We're going to have to come back and look through it. Cause for example, in the iTunes, which is the only one I've, I've picked up digital wise, uh, 
I think you were uh, the one. You should put the link uh, when this goes out. By the way, in the the write up, you were the, building the list of everywhere you could get it for advanced digital download and who had what extras. But yeah, right because now, there's not a there's not a comprehensive list anywhere. That was what I was kind of tripped up on. Was yeah, do I I'm have st- everything right now? I don't know. St- yeah, exactly. I'm still currently. It, by my best guess, it feels like the iTunes release has all the standard extras, and then they have their little bit of exclusives in there. I think. But for example, the iTunes exclusives is worth a discussion all on its own because all four bits are about the uh, fight scene, the big fight scene in Times Square. And and it's the Raw Dailies version where I'm sure we're going to see even more alternative stuff. Because Raw it's... Dailies, um, even more amazingly, the, the, the previs with all the stunt people right. that they did yeah. was, in its own right, was absolutely amazing because everybody's wearing just, you know, white in a big uh, warehouse. You know what I mean? No costumes, no anything. It was just... Uh, guys on stilts and guys on wire rigs and they had the whole fight. Like, see, we watched a crazy battle. They had a whole massive fight choreographed and they cut little bits out. Like they tightened up that fight quite a bit. But once you watch, like I said, we could talk about that for 15 minutes straight. Yeah. Well, and, and there's still stuff we haven't seen because the target, uh, bonus disc that's coming out, the recreating in the world of Ghostbusters, we don't know. We don't know if that's just a featurette or if that's a lengthy bit. My guess is it's going to be lengthy because those are usually like 20 or 30 minute special features. So um, so there's another t- uh, another thing that we're going to have to talk about. And uh, Australia uh, apparently is getting a different featurette. I don't know if it's the same one as Target. What? but So a lot of, what? I mean, here's, here's where I share a lot of people's pain where they say, well, I, I hoped everything was on the Blu-ray. Why are the hour and a half of alternate scenes uh, streaming? And I, I mean, I get it because it's really tough just not to get into the, the technical logistics of it, but a, a single Blu-ray can't hold the five hours of HD video that we currently have available to us right now. But, yeah. um, but it would be nice at some point if anybody out there is listening just an archival version of this, because as soon as the iTunes servers shut down uh, 20, 30 years from now, hopefully uh, all of yeah, that stuff that, goes away. Right? All of that stuff is gone. Uh, so, you know, hopefully at physical media at some point we'll be able to, we'll be able it's to get a, all those scenes. It's a box set. It comes I hope with, so. It comes with so. five discs and it comes with the little ghost hood ornament with uh, a rare earth magnet base. So you can just take it out <laughs> and stick it on the the, yeah. the bonnet of your car. <laughs> I love it. Charges, Done. Charges. Eighty bucks. Eighty bucks. Eighty nine ninety nine. We'll pay it. Eighty nine ninety nine. I'm yeah. in. Just uh, put every, just put everything on there. Don't come back to me five years later and say, "Look what we dug up." Look what we found more. Well, and, I've, and been, the other thing I've been to I've been to LA three times this year. I'll make one more flight. <laughs> Happily, if you you're gonna pull that on us. Just, just give me one, just one more. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm threatening an international conglomerate. What are they? Care? Oh no, they're not going <laughs> to. Nobody's listening. It's Nobody's okay. listening. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, the other thing, there's a lot of behind the scenes B-roll too that I'm sure because the featurettes that are on there right now, with the exception of the iTunes, that are uh, that's almost like another 45 minutes to an. Actually, yeah, it's almost an hour when you count everything that's in there again with the, uh-huh. the full sequences. But 
but there's gotta be other B roll from the other stuff because the featurettes that we have are, you know, no more than like 10 minutes each. There's gotta be a whole lot more of that documentary stuff that can be done too. There's gotta be like, I'm, I'm looking at it like little things, um, like the science one's not in there. Science, um, the packs. The, there's nothing about props and gas yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so it's pretty so, clear that there's not everything is there. So hopefully, yeah, maybe that's for the big box set, guys. We'll, we'll hold out for it. Eighty-nine Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters! Interdimensional CrossFit. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, well, uh, one seventy nine ninety nine, and it's actually made of titanium. <laughs> one I'm dollar, there. one dollar. <laughs> We're just bidding on this now. <laughs> it's uh, $219.99, and it lights up. I'll do that. I'm okay with it, but no further. Profiles in History is going to sell it at $15,000. <laughs> It's, a, it's an oh actual one to one trap that has lights and smoke and sound. And <laughs> Paul, Paul Feig is going to Wu Tang it. Yeah. There will be one addition. Just one, yeah. It comes in an actual screen hues ghost trap. This is the only complete <laughs> archival collection of everything that we put together. And that's all uh, that there will ever be. Here you go. And Here's a, a stick. And fight a, over. And a thumb luck. drive yeah. with a, a high definition uh, image of uh, the painting from the Aldridge Mansion. Yes. Uh, there's only yes. one in the world. And Buy it before that pharmaceuticals guy gets it. <laughs> Do what you want with it. <laughs> oh my God. All right, there it is. <laughs> That's our million dollar idea for the for the podcast. One point five million and dollars and 99 cents that's (laughs) as far as i'm going no more well uh all right so before we wrap this one up uh any any final thoughts we've been talking for a a good couple hours here we did end up uh talking into midnight which uh we were saying we weren't going to do that's why we didn't do the commentary we did it anyway my final thought is i got my binder oh you did Oh, that's I saw I saw you post pictures uh, and you you loaded it up and uh, and that's all it, thanks to you. No, it's all thanks to you. I mean, you you sent it and I sent it to you. <laughs> I am I am but the mere reshipper here. Well, you were the critical piece. Well, it's true. I paid for it, uh, and one paid for it nearly dearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, as it turns out, shipping. <laughs> I thought they were ripping me off with shipping, and then as you found out. They really weren't. No, no, they were. They were being fair. <laughs> it was. It was uh, well, that's not true. Fine. They, they, they were being fair with the 
the method they used. You, yeah. however, good friend that you are, shopped around slightly and got me a slightly better deal. But uh, yeah. for which I still I uh, still owe you for that. No. Uh, but it arrived. Um, <laughs> it came with uh, the rookie. Was the 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 rare card in it? Oh, strangely really? Enough. Which the, was strange. The name tag patch one. Yeah, because the rookie showed up in the regulars. I thought, ah. as opposed to uh, ah. what I thought was supposed to be the promo one, which was the Gozer one. It means I'm missing the Gozer one. Uh, the, ah. But it's pretty darn cool. It, the binder showed up. It had one sleeve for cards, the standard uh, Fleer or whoever makes the collectible uh, binder. But not not enough to put the entire collection in. That was nope. it felt a little thin when I when I shipped it up to you. I was like, All yeah. right, is this everything? Is everything? Is cool? everything? Yeah. Well, it is exactly what they put out, but they didn't put in the you know six dollars extra worth of the blank uh, sleeves, which is fine because I went to the local. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to have to find the uh, you know some sort of card shop, but it turned out if you find any old gaming store because you know people with magic the gathering and all that like to store their cards in a similar fashion they had them i just i just bought a whole bunch of them took them home and you know it was one it's one of the best 20 minutes of my life because i put, oh nice i arranged all the cryptozoic cards and then i put all my weird rare ones like my sketch card that i got with the cryptozoic uh the uh the metal print card the one of a kind right yeah metal print card uh, my uh, fright. Oh, what was it called? There was a line of cards in the '80s that was all about horror movies, and Ghostbusters had uh, had uh, four cards in that. Uh, and then uh, my Ghostbusters two, all the original tops Ghostbusters two. I put them all in there as well. So I had one binder, all my Ghostbusters cards. Oh man! All right. Well, that's. I can't believe that only took you 20 minutes. That's uh, that's impressive. You were ready to go. Oh, I, oh yeah, no, I was. I was. This all, everything was literally <laughs> st- in a pile, just waiting for. It was like, and go for the binder, and there so it's not was. A final thought. The, the final thought was, thanks, Troy, but oh, mostly man, it was a final welcome. brag. I got a binder filled with Ghostbusters cards. He's got a binder filled with rare Ghostbusters cards. Here's his address for those of you wanting to. No, just <laughs> Occasionally, I'll go down to, I'll go down to my den with a whiskey and a glass, and I'll sit in the big leather comfy armchair. I'll pull out the binder, and I'll just stare at the cards. <laughs> my precious. My, my precious cards. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you got all those cards organized. Uh, they're in safe uh, plastic FLIR sleeves, and everything is, is right with the world. Um, but all right. So... <laughs> We gotta we gotta wrap this one up. It's running a little long, uh, but uh, next week we got more in exciting interdimensional cross rip stuff coming at you guys. Uh, I'm sure we will revisit Ghostbusters Answer the Call many a time. So if we did not talk about something, don't worry, we probably will, and we will do a, a proper commentary once we can actually you know be articulate beings about a commentary <laughs> rather than this. This was just Chris and I going like, did you see that? Did you see this? See that? Oh my god, did you see, see that? that? Uh, so uh, so we'll, we'll get to that as well so, so don't worry so uh, until next week we'll talk to you guys again here on the Interdimensional Cross Rip see you on the other side Who you gonna call? We thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross Rip visit us at protoncharging.com ghostbustershq.net and stillplayingwithtoys.net you could be one of my two favorite shows oh, you're kidding me oh great what was the other one? Bassmasters Everything you're doing is bad. 
You truly scare me. And let's get promoted. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. Think what you want. You're allowed to have your opinion. You're allowed to have your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> You're making fun of me. <laughs> no, it's my NPR voice. Uh-huh.